Yeah, it's almost it's awesome. Fitness. That's a pretty good one, actually. Are we on or? Let's go. Yep. Okay, what episode is this, though? 53. Okay, 53. All right, so we're back. Episode 53. It is Olympia Week, and we have our special guest. By by a lot of fan requests, the real deal, Chris Cormier, my my nemesis in a sense. Nemesis and But he was a mentor to me, which a lot of people don't realize. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Welcome to the show, dude. Yeah, plot twist. Yeah, yeah. thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Has anyone ever called you a mentor like that? Of course. I mean, I've helped. I mean, I've helped make a lot of legends. He's helped I they, I'm, I the, think, I'm the legend maker. That's I think I, Chris <laughs> is honestly one of the most helpful and i'm going to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. how we actually became you know i give us a, a lot of my success to chris because he yeah. actually told me things that a competitor really wouldn't tell someone that maybe was going to be a competitor against right. them you know with changing the body you don't, and, the, you don't get the credit for how many people you've helped out yeah which is unfortunate but i mean jay um dexter you know people like that you know melvin i've helped personally helped you know, make them better because I knew some things that would be yep. very helpful that they wasn't doing. I could tell they wasn't doing it. Yeah, I mean, no. the thing is, is like you, you know, I started as a teenager, man. I looked at you in the books and I actually got to see you win your pro card at the 93 USA. And, you know, that was a show that I don't think people expected you to win. Right. Not even my training partners <laughs> who were at the time yeah. rico mcclinton and yeah. flex wheeler yeah they did they was uh because even cause i was actually training with mostly um uh, uh gravy stridum okay at the time so gary was in my corner big time and he was like he's the one told me he said man rico and i didn't think you should win i thought i thought you i thought you uh had a better physique than uh you know in second place so um Mike Francois, yeah, Mike Francois, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just, I get it. He was a big, big cat. I just thought my uh, physique was a lot more busier looking than his, way better uh, shape and everything, and my posing out, out posed the guy and everything. But um, I think everyone, I think he, I got hurt like six weeks out. Mm-hmm. But I always said, you know what, he's still gonna do the show. I'm not gonna let out the uh, the gas off the pedal thinking. It's going to be, you know, a lesser of a competition as far as quality and, and who's in it. So um, I think the whole top six or seven all went pro after that competition. It was the crazy, crazy. We're so, going to get into, like, some of your competition because you competed in what we consider the golden ages of bodybuilding. I mean, I know people talk about Schwarzenegger's days, but that was yeah. the real cream of the crop where – you know, we talk about this year's Olympia and how how deep it is, right? But it's only deep. We're about to have a special guest. Okay, um, but it's only deep in a. I think in the range of the back, like from fifth to whatever tenth or whatever. So we just had Mr. Olympia walk in the house right now. There he is. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up, man? You doing all right? What's up, guys? We got everyone oh, here for the podcast. <laughs> What's How's up, man? Doing? What's up, bro? Hey, man. How you doing? All right. <laughs> Good to see you guys. We're out filming a What's podcast. What's up, man? <laughs> I was lost, so sorry I had to take a break. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You good, brother? Get you on here one of these days. Of got to make some time. How's everything? Everything's all good, man. So you got shoulder pads Chris, on. Chris, I do. Uh, 
Chris, Chris wants you to get in front of the camera and pose. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Give us a little something, man. A little. <laughs> a form. A form of something. Here's Abdullah won't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won't go. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be after the show. Got to get Patrick in here, too. Got to get him so you can get him on camera. Come around. Come say hello, man. Damn, dude. Come say hi to everybody. Come on, man. This is your first Olympia, right? Good to so see you, man, yeah. Congratulations. I didn't get a chance to meet you, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's watch the camera. How's everything going? You guys training or what are you doing? Yeah, man. So, if we don't know, we have. Oh, you like it? Yeah, good. Later coming out? Brandon Curry. So, Thursday? Pause for a second. Wednesday? And we're back. All right, so we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, the, your competitive days and how how deep it was. But, you know, you started back in Palm Springs. I know you migrated to Venice. And, you know, I only remember really, um, I hear the stories, you know, from Chris Aceto. And I know you stayed with Chris in Maine before when you mm-hmm. won the NOC that year. Yep. And, you know, when you come up, like you were one of these pros that was able to come right in and, basically make an impact right i mean what'd you land in your first mr olympia um, i was six which six, is amazing place, right yeah. i mean but back then how many competitors were in the olympia back then it was uh like 12 or 15 no, no, no it was more it was more like a 2015 20 something like that. nothing like this year where it's like 35 <laughs> qualified which is nuts right yeah so that's the thing it's gonna be a, a it's gonna be a, a tight top 12 and then it's gonna be falling off after that um, but I think the first the first twelve of these guys gonna be gonna be pretty pretty tough. I mean, you've been talking a lot because I know you work with Primetime Muscle is your show that you're on frequently. I know you, you've yeah. been on a lot of podcasts, and I think now that you know talking amongst your peers of competitive like Milos and who else is on like I mean you had everyone on oh, you, right? Did, did Marcus I, Rule come on with you on? Yeah, that's, that's one with Dennis. Okay. Uh, on uh, the Dennis James podcast. Uh, the, the Muscle uh, and Fitness? Yeah, it's Muscle and Fitness, but uh, it's the Men's Podcast. That's that's when I'm on weekly with that one. So that one gets kind of heated because, you know, you know, Milo's on there. Uh, he likes to. He likes opinions, to, yeah, right? Yeah, he likes to chap it up, jack it up, uh, you know, talk a lot. So he's, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, though, because we, we kind of just make fun of each other on there. And I just, know, you know, but the thing is, Chris, is like he. You never really went toe to toe with Milos. Like he was kind of not, you know, he was kind of not in the mix of the U top guys always, right? Or was he in some of the European Only, tours? Well, I just had I had to beat him because you know he was in all the shows, so he was just like someone had to be, you know, had to just make sure you dominate or beat him close enough to where it's not going to be like going to keep comparing you with with him so did you did he ever beat you because he yeah, always he beat says me he one, beat me. His, his only show he ever beat me in was no he's beat me in probably a couple but i think the one that made the biggest difference was when i went to canada for my uh that canada show. pro the yeah canada. and it was the week before yeah the, the, noc uh, yeah did yeah, he beat you there yeah he beat me there but <clears throat> What did he? What let me did tell you, you get? Let me tell you what happened. I took. Let me tell you what happened. So did you go? Hold on. So you went from Canada to Chris Aceto's, and then Chris Aceto's to New York, New right? York, yeah. Okay. But I went. But I went. I went there, and I got there late. 
in the damn, I was in the customs for like five hours. And I was why pissed. Does this, why does this not surprise me? I was fucking pissed, dude. I <laughs> wanted to go home. I was like, fuck this country, man. I was like, I'm out of here. I don't, don't want to go. What did they hold you for? Just giving too many questions about my past and fucking this and that. And what, what am I doing here? And this and that. And I was, and it was like, everything was like um, just thrown into, I, I just couldn't even think straight after that. Then I didn't even even shave until that Friday night. And I, that, when I shaved that Friday night, it totally like screwed up my skin. Made you hold water. Cause yeah. yeah. One thing that you, totally one thing us competitors, skin, like you can't shave like very close to the show. Cause it does and I did, irritate your skin. And I used a razor at that time. I usually use shears, but I used yeah. a razor that time. So I remember the night before I was like super late, like four in the morning, I'm shaving. Gave me enough time to be good and blurry in the morning and him and Mike Monterazzo beat me in that show. And I knew I was going to go up against him the next week. So you went, you were third in the contest? Mm-hmm. I was third. And I didn't, I didn't never like going to Canada to compete, you know, especially after I did one more time. Was, I, I regret it every time I went to Canada because I'm like, they're just too shitty at the border. Yeah, they always gave you a hard time. They always yeah. gave me a hard time. Man, yeah, you know. dude. <laughs> So, yeah, so that was, so, but then when I went to the Arnold, which I have some of it on video uh, that I had my own camera at that time, you know, just walking from the Beacon Theater over to the, you know, next door to the main theater where, uh, you know, the hotel was there, the Beacon Hotel. So just having all the fans out there, I mean, that was just like a rush. I remember that was being like the first time I got like a big rush of like the fans. Because, you know, back in the day when you would turn pro, it's still getting out the word to people, actually knowing that you turn pro. All that stuff was still like you know months down the road because mm-hmm. either if you didn't call into Gold's Gym and get the results, you're not gonna know shit. Yeah, kind of funny. Remember they had the list on at the front desk yeah. at the Mister Olympia. Did you know the that? List. I, I knew people would call back then, but I always had to wait for the magazines because I was in the Midwest and we didn't have a gym there. Call, or you would call Gold's. Call front desk. Yeah, call know. and ask. Yeah. I yeah, thought call. I was so special, bro, because after I went out and stayed in '93, yeah. the year I probably met you for the first time. I was able to have a connection to people that I met at Ed Connor's house. And I'd be like, Hey, there's still someone out there. I'm going to call and find out who won the Mr. Olympia, you know? (laughs) And I felt so cool because I was the guy in my gym back in Massachusetts to be like, Oh, so-and-so Dorian Yates won. Of course he won every year. Right. And then it was like, you know, all the placings because you know, it was in Helsinki, the 92. When did you start figuring out like trying to, interesting who won the Olympics. Well, I mean, it was kind of like when I met Chris. I mean, I started I started training ninety one, and I mean, I picked up I picked up books when Chris Dickerson won, so that was like eighty two. So I, that was, I had magazines from my brother, my sister's boyfriend had magazines, and that's where I actually started looking at the, the guys. And then so you started. I started in ninety. I started 91? in ninety one. I graduated high school in ninety one, and I started training. And then Chris Aceto linked up with me like in ninety two. You didn't train for football. I was training for, well, I trained a little bit, but it was like just bench press and yeah, squat. Yeah, it was yeah, just power yeah. training, like right, one right, rep right. stuff. Okay. <laughs> but I did concrete in my family business. So, you know, for me, like I didn't really start catching on until Chris Aceto like talked about, cause his wife at the time was Laura Corvell, right? Right. And right. I know you've stayed at his beach house in Maine and I was driving up there every week. You know, we, I started seeing him like six months into my training and he's the one that got me to come out for the USA and he was helping Ooh. Francois at the time, 
Yeah. And if you remember. And he, he always he, think he, Francois beat me. Well, no, he, he didn't. He was unbelievable, though, for an amateur, Chris. Like, well, all those guys were, I mean, you, Craig Titus, Dennis Newman was seventh in that show. Even, uh, what's his name? What's the black guy? Uh, I mean, Ken Castagnoli was in it. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to think who else. Who was third the one, in the show? The one dude took third, and he cramped up. Um, Not um, Ed, Edgar Fletcher. Edgar Fletcher. He was really good. Yeah. Remember Edgar Fletcher? That's the dude I thought I was gonna have the biggest, the biggest. He uh, was just a. He, I mean, what happened? That's like a, what happened to that guy, yeah. right? Kind of just what fell year out. Was that nationals when it was all of you guys? No, it was in the USA. Ninety three. Ninety three. But uh, we also Edgar was also in the ninety one nationals. I was. I did the ninety one nationals. And what'd you finish there? I was seven. It was that the best. Which one was the best? Was that one? Paul DeMeo was yeah, in it. Paul DeMeo, uh, uh, Flex. Who won uh, it? Kevin. Kevin won. Kevin learned. That's right. But I knew Kevin was going to win because I went to the I went to check out the the weigh-ins, and I had to check in. And then Flex thought he was going to win it. Mm-hmm. And then I went back. I saw Kevin walk through there with a long ass ponytail and his traps hanging out of his uh, his cut shirt. Uh, yeah, he had the, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 what we used to wear all the yeah, time. Everybody yeah, everybody had that. <laughs> the T <laughs> Michael. <laughs> if you didn't have that, then you wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> With the string tank. Just, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so his trap was sticking but out. But you of knew because he was a ju- he won the juniors or something. Or yeah, he won was the second, was, or maybe a second to DeMeo, I think. But yeah, it's took second to DeMeo. And then everyone t- was talking about all this kid from Maryland because he didn't, he just popped up, right? Because that was his first year competing that same year in 91. Yeah. So he went from a local show. To the juniors. Various, yeah. And then he did the national term pro, won his first pro show, I think, in Chicago. And then he went to the Olympia and took second. That was all in that same year. Yeah. That was nuts. That's some crazy shit. He got second in Helsinki, right? Yeah, with Dorian. Yates. Yeah. So that, so, but when I saw him, I knew he was different. I knew he was going to win because I'm like, I said, I said, uh, Flex, I said, you know, let's just forget about this show. I think, I, I said, I think uh, Kevin already looks like a pro already. You know, I, I and what did it. Flex say? He had to understand it. And he knew I'm not going to say that for no reason. And and he damn sure, and, you know, and I was 100% right. I um I went to try to make the uh, the universe team that year. So <clears throat> with Chris, I you know I went the natural route. So well, that's a, it's drug tested. Yeah. Yeah. So I went the natural route, and I beat Ronnie at the the USA in '91. I took fourth, and Ronnie was seventh or something mm-hmm. like that. And so, a few months later, we did the nationals, and I went natural, and then he was already natural, so it was easy for him to just already look like that. Mm-hmm. So I look a little bit lesser. <clears throat> Even uh, Chicharello beat me in that one. I think he took sixth, and. Uh, was it a Mike, uh, what's the guy, Mike Mendenhall? Matt Mendenhall. Matt Mendenhall, yeah. yeah. Matt Mendenhall, he took fifth. So and he was, was a genetic wonder, too. Yeah, he was stacked. And then uh, eighth was uh, uh, the kid that took third, what you were talking about. Uh, Edgar Fletcher. Edgar Fletcher was eighth, yeah. That was all in the Nationals in 91. Yeah, you guys had to, I mean, back then, I mean, think about this past Nationals. Did we know anyone competing at all? That's the crazy thing. I think that there's so many pro, div- like, opportunities now that it's almost like the shows aren't as important. I feel I would I would like to see um you know as we have enough pros, I would like to see it go back to one guy one going guy, in, yeah. 
one guy goes out. I mean, you were the only one to get a pro card. Yeah. Back then, it was men's and women's body bonus. So at the USA, you won the overall and the only pro card, right? Yeah. And then years the later, men. they switch it to the runner-up. The two, no, no, yeah, two, yeah, two yeah, cards. Yeah, two. Yeah. But it was a uh, Denise Rakowski. Yeah, yeah, she was really she, good. Yeah. She took. She turned pro that same uh, same time I turned pro. So it was just me and her. Being from California, from USA, they, they yeah. actually lived on the you, same street. At you were training at Venice, Gold, yeah, right? Yeah, and she lived just three blocks down from me, and we both won. That was pretty, pretty tight. I mean, your background, you're a wrestler. Yeah. You start, you know, you were a teenage national champion, correct? Right. And yep. did you know as a teenager, like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life? Uh, well, I just thought, but the thing is, though, it's just so far-fetched to be like, okay, I'm going to be that good. I'm going to make a living. Yeah. It was because it was just crazy to even think about who could be in the top 10 at the Olympia at the time. I'd been happy. You would have said, Chris, you're going to be in the top 10 and then you, that's going to be it. And I would be like, well, shit, I'll take that because that's fucking incredible. Right. So it didn't get till, you know, I started wanting more and more as I got closer to it. But as a teenager, I knew I wanted to be good at it. So um, I did my first show at the Palm Springs High School. Mm-hmm. Just like just on a whim, just because my high school teacher said, "Hey, Chris, you you should try bodybuilding. My my boyfriend can show you some some poses and get you a stack of magazines to where you can just start to learn." So, from 1970 on up to the present, which was 83, I had all those magazines from all those different places. So, that's where. Uh, you know, I just like got super interested. But didn't John Brown coat like? help you a little bit well or? i went I, I met john through sean like i met i knew i met sean and when i was in high school also because yeah. i went to his high school at El he, was Dorado. A, he was a football player there yeah, right? but i was wrestling at that high school at the same at that tournament at his school so we kind of like got connected you know just from being in that same area and i knew because he was in the on the cover of flex magazine as a teenager at that time so i was like damn like that guy just lived right there so i said i may want to live in that area Fullerton just to be closer to people who know what the fuck yeah, yeah. they do, you know. And in Palm Springs at the time, just a handful of bodybuilders and uh, guys and girls that com- that compete. Um, but I just wanted to be around. My mother was even like, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to go where the best is yeah. and be around those people. So she kind of coerced me into one more. But, you know, George Zachary at the time, he put me in touch with Robbie Robertson, Mm-hmm. That was like my mentor and also training partner as a teenager, as I got closer to 19, 20 years old, like that. So he started helping me with the posing and the drilling me in the gym. And I mean, he used to have me so psyched up to train and to learn and to get hungry. Um, but as a, you know, even 18 years old, I did like seven shows in a row as a teenager, just boom, 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 you know, going through the, through the ranks. Uh, I mean, do the shows uh, up and down in California, just so to get on stage and to understand what I need to do on stage and all that shit. But I didn't really think like people was like, "Oh, you could be Mr. Olympia," and I was just like, "Mr. Olympia, what is that?" Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean?" <laughs> and you who know? was Mr. Olympia at that time? Lee uh, Haney. Lee Haney. Yeah. And that seemed like way, way light years ahead, right? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, even to be in the top 10, which was like Ron Love was like top 10 bodybuilder. That would have been like. He was the first pro I ever met, Ron Love. He came to my gym in Worcester. Yeah. And I remember (laughs) thinking, I remember looking at him and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is like unbelievable, (laughs) right? right? Yeah. He was crazy looking. And, you know, just become, and then 
I felt like I'm like, you know, then you're not pumping iron like I watched like a thousand times. And just to be kind of I've met everyone from the show mm-hmm. as I've been competing, all that shit was just like just mind blowing to me. Just just such a fan of it and such like, oh man. Like even when I was a teenager, I trained for the Mr. California uh, as a teenager and I went to Venice and I went to go and tan where those guys were tanning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to train where they was training. I wanted to do all of that shit. I was I was training twice a day, but I I'd eat my food and I'd go lay right there where uh, where those guys were like having like a little conversation and then going out to the beach. Like that would be my everyday thing. I, I used to read about you and Flex and I used to like I remember they mapped out your daily routine. <laughs> yeah. And for the USA, like right. they mapped it out and I right. was like, This is what it actually takes. And I remember being in, you know, on the East Coast and being like this is where I need to be in California. And I was like, right. this guy has the life. Like he <laughs> eats, he eats and trains. He was training twice a day, which Firehouse. no one, yeah, which no one does anymore. No. I want to talk a little bit about that too, because <laughs> yeah. like you said, you went all in and like the dedication, you know, you would, and I'm thinking, wow, God, he's, he's a, you know, he's a dark skinned guy. And why is he tanning? And then I learned <laughs> yeah. that even like yeah. the dark skinned guys had to tan, you know, yeah. it wasn't just even out the skin. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone does anymore. No one tans. No, they they don't. Don't. I went to the show the other day and I said, this guy was so white. I was like, dude, you don't tan at all. No, I just get straight. I was like, they're actually, it actually helps you. I think, I think it did. Like, I don't know. I had this theory that it helped thin the skin a little bit when you. It did. Like, and it dries out the skin too. And you know, you sweat everybody, a little bit. Everybody did back then. Not only that, you know, if you get cuts, you get, you know, like in the little creases of your body, gets a little dark. It's almost like a makeup effect. Yeah. So you make the cuts look a little. So you encourage deep. like a lot of the athletes you train to tan? Oh, yeah. Like, so Breon, you're training Breon. Is, is, is he but tanning? But, bro, but you know how it becomes so second nature. Yeah. I mean, we've done it. Like, we've been on Kuwait, remember? He mm-hmm. was like super dark. But we've done it. But it's like some stuff is just so second nature to me. And I thought that everyone thinks like that. Everyone don't think like that. You know, so sometimes I don't bring stuff up because I think it's just like, you know, it's almost like, you know, telling someone they need to drink water. Like, it's just part of what you should be understanding you need mm-hmm. to do. And it's not, it's, it, didn't, uh, it didn't filter from that time period to this time period for some reason. I mean, you had a lot of people that kind of, I, I don't want to say coached you, but you had a lot of people that mentored you, right? right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a master opposing you know, you're a master of training and, and nutrition. Like, what do you feel was your biggest obstacle from the time you were a teenager to the time you retired? Because, listen, you were known as one of the hardest trainers. People forget, like, you were, we talk about the strongest bodybuilders. Like, everyone talks about Ronnie Coleman, but, dude, you threw some crazy-ass weights oh, around. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, and obviously you had, a, you know, a couple injuries later, but talk about, like, you know, you still did repetitions. I remember going to the flex photo shoot and Chris mm-hmm. Lund would be like, Chris Cormier just came in and banged out the 200 pound dumbbells. And <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking in my head, like yeah. I didn't think you were an overly big dude. Right. I wasn't, but you were fucking strong, dude. You yeah, were the so, first person I ever saw do the 200s. In a yeah. Magazine. So the thing is, uh, I remember, um, when did wh- you gain the strength though? Like as a teenager, I know like you were a wrestler, but like, were you, like a lot stronger a, than the kids. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. But I graduated at 16 years old and went straight to college. And I'm wrestling men when I'm like 16, mm-hmm. just turning 17, which I was like really young for that. But uh, my brother was strong. I was, like, we were we were both strong. But my, I don't know, like, you know, the guy who was just trying to teach me about bodybuilding, he was like, 
if you went to fitness and if you didn't incline at least 400 pounds and you wasn't shit. So that was like in my mind. Yeah, but Chris, at the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, there wasn't many people pressing no. Four or five. You were doing five plates. Uh, yeah, that's four ninety five. I know. <laughs> like how many I'm people were doing that? I did. A, I did double with five twenty five. That was the, the yeah. most I did. And it was an uh, incline, which no one even incline. touches yeah. an incline bench anymore. By the way, no. you know, no. they're almost like a, <laughs> straight just, to the machine. Yeah, like yeah. it's almost like it's it's a it's a piece in the gym that just looks good, right? Right. Yeah. So that, and then I went to the two hundreds, and then I'd start doing flat and incline. All in the same workout with the two hundreds and with the five. Would people and, stop in the gym to watch? See, that's the thing. Like Gold's gym, the whole front room and half yeah. of the next room would stop. Whatever lift they were doing, they'd stop and they're gonna watch that and then it'll the commotion will come back. But when they see a, someone's gonna do a big left lift, everyone just stopped. How much of a adrenaline rush was that for you? <laughs> oh, crazy. Honestly. Crazy. Cause even though if you went you took off your clothes and you were somebody substantial they stopped. They stopped. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna watch. So everyone's at that that mirror over there. Uh, uh, the fake mirror. The, the, the fake mirror. Yeah. That make you, look, you look like a male, like yeah. a million bucks. Yeah. Over there. I think even I'd be like fucking Mr. Olympia <laughs> yeah. still in that mirror. <laughs> That's where I saw. You know, there's a, a picture of the USA and that John Sherman and all those guys. From yeah, Flex. standing there. Yeah. And I remember I was in the gym when they all. Took and Flex was there, and uh-huh. I remember seeing you pose. And I remember, I remember before, Chris Asito said, right? "Yeah, Chris yeah. is before your show. Yeah, before the '93 yeah, USA, I, mean. I was yeah. in there. As, I was there. To, I was just going to check. Yeah, you walked in, and you and were wearing I, like the um those pink you wear slippers. the pink the slip. What are they like the? They were like surfer a, slippers, yeah, yeah surfer shoes. Yeah. yeah, I remember. And you were posing, and Chris Asito said, "Fuck." <laughs> He said, Cormier is going to be a big problem for this show. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you didn't talk about Chris Cormier because he talked about, like, DeMeo because he worked with uh, the new – who's the coach that trained Dexter Jackson later? The guy in Florida. Yeah, Joe McNeil. Joe Joe, McNeil. Yeah, Joe McNeil. Yeah, so he yeah. was working with him, and I, he switched from Chris, you know, and yeah. everyone was talking about, oh, he's going to be top, and he this was really flat for the show. Uh, <laughs> and then – but no one was really talking about you. Yeah. It was kind of disrespectful Just, in think, a sense. Well, the thing is, though, I get it. I didn't really like freak people out with my appearance, but I think once I took my clothes off and I have like, you know, just the trunks on and then my attributes can show more. They think, I think uh, also they were saying like, you know, don't worry about the biggest guy in, in his sweats backstage. Worry about the guy who you can't tell what his body looks like. Yeah, and then the shape. Gonna, yeah. That, that's the shape guy. That's, that's what I was always told, you know? So, and then like Robbie Robinson, not a big person, but when he poses, his body comes up. alive. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of like took took on that type of mentality. Like that was my goal is to make everything, you know. It's not like you can then you know some people you probably did this too is get caught up in the numbers game. Like I weigh this amount. Oh of, well, dude, look at uh, how, all we amount. hear about this Olympia is like. <laughs> I mean, we just had Brandon Curry here. He said he's going to be the biggest ever. I mean, Rami's pushing three hundred. I mean, back in my day. Like if you were two sixty, that was massive. Like Haney, oh, yeah. Haney, I remember was like two fifty something, and that was yeah. like the craziest weight ever, right? And yeah. then Yates was hitting two sixty. But the thing is, with 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 Lee, he had those attributes. Like he hit that front lat spread on your ass, and that chest is flaring yeah. up like that. I mean, you got to have it or you don't. Like he, Yates never had a chest like that. I've yeah. never. I wanted that, but. <laughs> Who's the most impressive bodybuilder you've ever met, witnessed in person? Like you have to have a time where you're like in the gym, any anywhere. Like I mean, I saw Victor uh, Richards, and I remember seeing him like 
the time you turned pro and I thought, wow, it was crazy. But like I always talk about Lee Priest, how big Lee Priest, the first time I saw him when he was like 20 years old. Right. Was on, I remember seeing Flex, Flex Wheeler was on this podcast and he used to walk into Golds like in that, in the unitards. And I remember thinking, God, does anyone with have the, shape like the, that? With the walk? Yeah, and he had like a beeper on his sock or his, his Otomic shoe. Yeah, yeah, remember? yeah. He wore a beeper. But he's doing leg extensions with, yeah, with yeah. the phone in his hand. Well, Dillette was, Dillette was doing that too. Yeah. I mean, But see, but Paul, Paul freaked me out one time because just because he was so tall and we was like, and you know how it was when you first came to goals, like no one's like just welcoming you with open arms. It's almost you got to earn the respect. You kind of get the stares and like yeah. people are eyeing you up. Like who, who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like the gunslinger coming into town type of shit. So when Paul came into town, he was just like quiet and not really talking to us. So we just kind of like walking past, like we don't even, you know how bodybuilders do that. They yeah, walk, yeah. Like I don't even see you. You could be in a supermarket. It's only you and another bodybuilder. Dude, still, I'm, I'm, they see, still I'm walk too by like, They yeah, still walk yeah, by yeah. like, I don't see you. <laughs> You're not big enough for me. Well, Flex <laughs> told me you guys used to try to intimidate everyone. You would roll over and if someone was doing, it wasn't even chest day, but if someone was doing chest, you'd try to go over there and. You guys are the original gym bullies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because that was our, that was, we had a real, like, you know, we all came from neighborhoods and shit, so we was almost like a, not like a gang, but like, we was a, we was a crew, right? So. Yeah, he talked about that in Yeah, depth. we was a crew, and you, you definitely, if you talk to one of our guys, then you're you talking to all three of us at the same time. It was, it was never no, no doubt about that. So we got into a lot of situations where, you know, someone got disrespected from our crew or something, and then, uh, yeah. So but you guys you guys bounced together, though, right? Yeah, you we were... bounced at Roxbury in the day, at night. And then sometimes if we worked late at night, we got something to eat, we all together, and we, if we fucked around and played football, uh, PlayStation, or not PlayStation, it was like Nintendo at the yeah, time. Yeah. But if we did that and we stayed up too late, we would go straight to the gym. After that, because we're like, dude, we're gonna we're gonna miss training if we go to sleep now. We're gonna sleep all day. We're gonna miss training, so we got to go train right now. So we go from after all of that into the gym like eight o'clock in the morning, falling asleep in between sets and shit. Just because you were up all night. Yeah, but we got to get the training training, so we would definitely we get that in, and then we go home and sleep. And we do all again the next year. We was working five nights a week. How important? Day. How important was your quest to, to get a professional card? Thinking that I'm going to get a contract, because, because at that time, what a lot of our viewers and listeners don't understand is when you won a professional card, you were almost guaranteed to get a contract, right? With Weeder. Or, so were you on this journey? Like, and how how important was financial? return from being a pro did you even think about it was it more the the title that was it was enticing more like you? the title i think so too yeah. it wasn't really like people get into like oh but they don't make enough money i said back in the day we, that's not why we started to bodybuild it wasn't it was to more like we want to see how good we can be we wanted to see what what goals we can accomplish as far as like titles and and you know you want to go around and compete around the world and you want to know who's in the world who's the best in the world mm -hmm. that was more like our, our uh, the thing that we really wanted uh to see happen but uh for me um moving what? from palm springs like i was in college and I, I i even like i did two years of uh some football after I, after my wrestling 
then I said, you know what? I just got out of, I walked out of class one day and I'm going to Venice. I'm going to do that. That was it, huh? Yeah, it was it. I never even checked out of school. Never. What were you studying at the time? Um, I was actually going to be a police officer. So criminal justice. Yeah, criminal justice. I, just, so I, was, I got my degree in criminal justice. Yeah, so, so, yeah. <laughs> so I was, so I remember I was like, I was in my business law class and I was like, I remember I was writing down Mr. Olympia. Mr. Teenage America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they write notes on my Teenage America. Chris Quinn. I was like, do my signature. Of course, practicing. Yeah, yeah. I need to learn and do my signature. I'm going to need to do that. And I just looked at the door and got up and walked out. That was it, huh? That was it. And after that, I, I moved that week. Where'd you go to? Like, did you rent curb. an apartment? Yeah. How much is was an apartment in Venice now? Because it's ridiculous right now. Oh, uh, now that's close to. Oh, so it was that much money then? No, not no. Back then it was twelve hundred. Mine was twelve hundred. Okay, twelve fifty back then. But I would say now it's that it's like yeah, twenty three, four grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there yeah. a certain is there a certain point when you realized I can make a living from this? Is there a certain moment that happened? Maybe a first huge check or a first huge contract where you yeah, said, so "This is the moment." My mother was my first original sponsor. She was like, "I'm gonna give you twenty five hundred bucks a month." I want you to focus as much as possible on, on achieving your goal. I think I think you can do it. I, I believe in you, that type of thing. Wow. So I came, went to Venice with that. And then, that was a lot of money back then. Yeah, it was a lot of money. I was, wow. It's <laughs> a lot of money now. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. So so that, and then um, I went to the USA, this and that. So then once I took, once I did that in 1991, I took 92 off from competition, I said, you know, I need to get bigger. So I just trained, I trained with Flex when he won the USA. Um, I'm sure that motivated you. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And then, and I was looking at Flex, like I'm a little bigger than him. I mean, he's got the attributes over me, but I had a bigger body than him, a wider body than him. So I was like, yeah, I can do this too. So, you know, then I got my my competition on the belt, but then it was like, we wanted to race to get onto the pro stage. We didn't want to take another year like, as soon as I can compete, I want to compete. So within that next five to six months, I did the pro Ironman. And I took second. To who? That, Wheeler? No, to uh, Vince Taylor. Okay. And the funny thing is, uh, to my right, I remember coming out. Uh, what's that cat name that did the murder thing? The, the, the black dude that did the double murder. Uh, what's uh, From England. Uh, Bertles Fox. Yeah, he Bertle just Fox. got out of jail. Yeah. yeah, so Bertle Fox is to my right. Yeah. And he's like nudging me, like he didn't want to give me space, so I just stepped back out of respect. Like that's 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 that's. Uh, so you didn't try to control the stage. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'm gonna step back. So then, <laughs> so he just like, kind of like bullying me with the you the rookie type of thing on the bet, and so they called my number out for the first call out, and I'm all like, excuse me. <laughs> so he didn't get called out then. No. Yeah, yeah. He got smart. <laughs> so like you. you you pushing me back. I'm in the first call out, buddy. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and I went over, did the thing, but I, you know, I took second to Vince. And then the next week, I had, you know, real validation by being an Arnold Classic and I placed fourth in my first Arnold. So that's right there. I was like, okay. I did you be, ever I contract with Weeder yet? I did. You didn't. have to prove yourself. I didn't, yeah. I had to, I had, you know, you know what I kind of remember when you signed the deal because I remember the books told the deal, you know? But I went to, but dude, I went to go see. I went him. I went. To, you know, me and Delette became good friends. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't finish telling you that, but that was the most impressive guy that I've seen. Just because he was that tall and bitch still had these big ass quads, big ass calves, calves and shit. Yeah. yeah. Arms were ridiculous, yeah. right? Yeah. He curled twenty pound yeah. dumbbells yeah. too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so back to to Weeder. 
So we had promised me two weeks out from the USA. He was like, if said, you win. Yeah, but he said, come in. Paul Paul had a, a meeting with him. I just came up there with him, and Paul just slipped me in saying, yeah, this is my buddy Chris. He's getting ready for the USA. So he's like, oh, do you have any legs? And I'm like, I say, yeah, I got legs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I pulled my pants down in his in his office, and I started posing for him. And he was just like shaking his head like, okay, okay. He said, uh, come back and see me in two weeks after the USA, and then we'll get you a contract. So don't shoot with anybody. You know, mm-hmm. he said that shit to Told everybody. Told me the same shit, yeah. Right, he said Who'd everybody. you shoot with, he asked me, yeah. and I already shot with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Don't shoot with anybody. <laughs> okay. So then he was like, he was like, yo, uh, I come back two weeks later. I went overall. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. They asked me backstage, oh, can you come and guest pose for us? Uh, we got a, a weeder group, you know, in Arizona. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm with the company already and shit. I go back to meet him, and then he gives me Tom Dieters instead. And I didn't even meet him. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right, I'm going man. to talk to Tom Dieters, and they're like, uh, we don't have a contract for you. I was just like, you got to be kidding How me. much was a contract back then where the guy's getting? Do you remember the price? Like, was it like, four grand or three well, grand? Well, or? here's the thing. Mine was two, but I didn't get it yet. So I left there with no contract. But I was working every weekend because at the time, everyone wanted the, the USA champion to guest post. So I was making a good living with that, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't have a contract. Then I shot with Chris Aceto, Chris Aceto, Chris, Chris Lund, Lund yeah. again. And when I did that, Joe saw the one with me with the Army gear on. Yeah. He was like, oh, I want this guy. I want him to, to sign him. He's doing good. He, uh, you know, it's, he, has, he takes good photos. So that's what got me the contract. It wasn't my... He offered me two grand to my first, and I refused it, actually. You know what? You did? Yeah, I went back the next year and won the Nationals. He paid me four. See, you know what I did? I said, I got took the two. Then I, after two months in, I went back and said, Joe, this is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, let me, let me give you an increase. And so he gave me $500 increase. I'm like, Joe. I'm like, bro. I said, after my rent is... After I pay my rent, I got a certain amount of money to eat with. Like, what do you want me to do? And then uh, I took sixth again. That was after, you know, I took sixth in Olympia. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, he's like, okay, I'm going to give you a raise. And he just kept inching me, inching me, inching me to, you know, $3,333. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, it just, and then the more I stayed in the top six, whatever, the more he inched me. But he kept doing it tied to work my way all the way up to where it was decent. But, at, you know, at the same time, I used to get kind of pissed because he's like, like, he's got Gunther, like, ahead of me in money-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm smoking Gunther. Why are you, <laughs> why are you, why mm-hmm. are you doing me like that, you know? So, yeah, and he'd just be like, well, I don't really have, I don't really use you a lot with my products, but I like you as a competitor, you know, this and that. And then, um, and then when I was with them, but Muscle Tech wanted me. Yeah, I remember, yeah. And so I was like, they started trying to court me, taking me to lunch, you know, after my workout, and then leaving. Started making an impression on you and stuff. And they kept massaging me every time they saw me. And then I was just like, when it came down to my contract was up, and I remember they were like, they wanted to sign me, but Joe haven't said nothing to me. I didn't say nothing to him. And I think he got pissed off that I went with muscle tech. But muscle tech was willing to do multiple years. They was willing to give me yeah. way more money than yeah. him. So I'm like, it was a no-brainer for me. But but at the time, it was like... Were you scared, though? Like, oh, if I leave Weeder, my placing. Oh, that's where Lee Haney did. Lee Haney went to Twin Lab. Yeah, I remember, yeah. So I was like, 
I was looking more like, okay, they were willing to do four years. But these guys, they um, they say, okay, we're not going to give you the sign. Did they give you that muscle tech? They get, let you, if you win a show, you're going to get 50%. No, nah, they wouldn't give they me would, a bonus because they paid me too much money. Yeah, okay. So that's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. They didn't want to give me a bonus either. Bill Heath got a bonus. So, I didn't. But you know what I told him? I said, if you're not going to give me a bonus, then I want first-class fights because no one had it at the yeah. time. Yeah, I they, told you that, remember? Yeah, yeah. So thank me, guys, out there for that. <laughs> I started bullying. I always said, I always I said, bullying first bullying. Classer. Chris, yeah, I always yeah. said, and I'm, you know, to this day, you know, I own a supplement company, but did any? there's no one that treated people like Muscle Tech did. I mean, Birthday gifts. Remember, we'd stay at the Ritz Carlton oh. when we did our photo shoots, and we'd eat like kings. I remember you would order sushi like endless. I think you might have Bro, had the biggest big platter. Eating. Remember that big platter of I sushi? Think, <laughs> I think you used to have the biggest budget eating out from us. I can't imagine what your oh, yeah. expense bill was. I did that, but they loved you, man. I remember that's all. You were kind of like the whole topic of conversation when yeah. we go places because you were just. And I, a jump on the, man. and I jump on the mic. <laughs> my soul tag, yeah, my yeah. Soul I'm dancing this shit. I'm getting but the you, crowd. But you crying. always, you always had the new gadgets, and like you were always, like I said, we were talking about laughing before. You were always on the phone, and like <laughs> you were our entertainment for the photo shoots because we yeah. go to these places. Remember, they brought us up to sit us. They made this like mafia table, and yeah, yeah. Christian Bowring did this whole thing on the docu series yeah. for the DVDs. Remember, they right. sold them in GNC, and yeah. And, and we, we were, like, the ringleaders, but you were the whole, like, you gave the energy to the whole thing. Because yeah. a lot of us were kind of newer, and we just, I mean, you had the ex more experience than everyone. Right? Yeah. You were the you were the guy that was kind of the mentor, like I said, back then. And, you know, obviously now you've transitioned, right? You're competitive. Mm -hmm. You know, you got injured. Your competitive life kind of got cut short, right? Right, right? And you went through some really dark times. Oh, yeah. And and I know that's been on a lot of the podcasts. And I mean, how does that still affect you now? Like now being away from when's the last time you competed? What year? I think oh seven oh oh seven. Okay, so oh eight something like that. I don't remember, but um, yeah, I had some crazy. People don't realize. I mean, you had the, the I almost died the, de the dead foot <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Like yeah. And how are you today? Like, how does your body? Because I see you training at. The world gym, or the, uh, yeah. the gym. The gym, what, yeah. yeah, in San Diego. Yeah, so I do, I mean, just the injuries makes it hard because, you know, we, we talk about this a few times. Like, when you get older, you don't get the same pump. You don't get the same uh, anything. And it's just almost, almost like driving a, a, a civilian car when you had a, a Formula One car. Yeah, of course, that you're, yeah. used to, you're used to this Formula car. So now it's just like you're somehow regulated to this different everything. So it's fun, but you know, just the stuff I went through with the with the spinal injuries and the um, I had the staph infection in my spine, you know, the neck injury, all that stuff. So it just kind of like makes it really tough to want to, you know, keep it up. I'll get going and then I'll I fall, fall off. off. Yeah. So like, like, are you gonna work out while you're in Las Vegas? Yeah, I wanna. I think even Dexter wanna do a couple sessions. He He's comes. still kind of at it, I see, on Instagram a little bit. Yeah. You guys still competitive with the afterlife is the question. <laughs> yeah. That's just how that's I just see how he's training is. people now online, but, right. I mean, you're still the master trainer. I mean. Yeah. So I'm going to – I want to come out – I want to get an app to where I can get closer to, you know, more massive type 
uh, audience. Yeah. yeah, audience. Because I don't, I don't put a lot of my tips or my stuff. Like you do a lot of tips and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff like that. I don't really do that. But I want to get an app because I feel like once I do that, I want to, I want to make, uh, I want to make it different from a lot of people. I'm going to be really heavily involved with it myself, and I'm going to uh, just do different stuff that you need to be that I think is missing from the sport or missing from. You don't have to be actually a competitor, but even when you learn the poses and learn the different, it's different ways to pose your body to make it more um, appealing or make it the, you know, the best actual look for your body in that particular pose. Stuff like that's going to be in the app also. That's, that's I, I honestly, goal. you know, you came to me when I was on the last uh, years of com- competition. You always offered your help, and I kind of – I almost regret that we never really linked up because I, I never thought I was a great poser. I mean, you from the beginning told me, you know, you have the physique, you just got to fix some things. And that's when I started seeing Steve Murphy and doing mm-hmm. the neuromuscular work, which you were, right. you were the king of, right? Right. And you kind of pushed that on everyone. And, yeah. and unfortunately I became so good that you and I battled a lot, you know, Back and yeah. forth, especially. Gianna. I didn't think I was going to get that good, but goddamn. I mean, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the Phil Heath to me. Like even, I, I well, mentored Phil Heath, and I never expected Phil Heath to come up and beat me. You know. But even though when uh, we'd be like going to guest pose and we'd be in Pittsburgh with you know with yeah. the, with the, the Mannions and everything, I would be like, Jay, you got to use rap music. Yeah, Ray was doing. He was doing straight rock. You were, and roll. Yeah, rock music. I remember yeah. that. Well, I mean, I've, but I, I was like, Jay. But that, I remember you looked at me like. Like I don't know if you were thinking about it, but you kind of like smirked at me, like, like you may. But I, but he's then, but then he started using stuff, and it fit, it fit well with his personality. I thought, you know, he used to come out with that all of the lights, you know, that type yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he started getting more of a persona. Of course. But it took him a while to get to I that. I was, I was a super introvert, and I feel like you're, you were kind of an introvert in a sense <laughs> oh, too. Yeah. Like I, mean, I was just shy. As much, I'm as much shy. as outgoing, like I, like I said, you were the life of the party, right? But yeah. I was you, just shy. you, you know, you're a Leo like myself. Right. I think we're just very, I mean, we're definitely leaders, but at the same time, like I was very introverted. Jake's a Leo know? too. Oh, you are. What are you? August what? Wow. Okay. Day before mine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we kind of go back and forth on this, but you know, your person, your personality, like you were a very quiet, humble person. You know, where some yeah. people were more outspoken, whatever else, and right. I think that. I don't know if there's a lot of people that don't like you. I mean, you've never been, even like in the magazines, they tried to create this thing. And I mean, you had a training partner who you battled with, Flex Wheeler, who mm-hmm. arguably is one of the greatest physiques of all time, right? Right. Do you think, I mean, who has the best body on ever in the sport of bodybuilding? On a show, any particular show. <laughs> I, don't, I mean. Like if, you know. like I just, wh- I just, I just liked, I liked, I'm a Lee Haney fan. I just think I, I trained with. I was so Robbie. close, to, I bet, yeah, and Robbie Robinson, that Serratus. Who that looks shit. unbelievable That's, still. How old is he now? <laughs> he's like 77. And he's still training every day, right? But he never, but the thing is, since I was a teenager until now, I've never seen him eat anything bad, like ever. Never. 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 Don't you wish you were that disciplined? Oh, Bro, I remember when he was training me, he would write, he would handwrite me a letter. To psych me up, like a full on. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, what it was to give us a little insight? Okay, on. like, okay, so there's the thing. Like, we'll walk the beach, even from like a teenager on up to, even though we, you know, even if you like smoked a joint with him and just walking on the beach talking, just talking bodybuilding, talking old school days, 
what he did on stage, what he did if a certain person did this or that to him or whatever, situational stuff. We would talk that just, and then when we, um, when I go to the train, I remember one time, dude. He, dude, he had me so psyched up. I would run through a fucking wall if he asked me to. And I remember we'd go to the, I'd go pick him up in the morning, and then we'd go to the gym together, and then he'd be walking. And he'd stop at the door and he'd turn around and he looked at me. He's like, as soon as you step foot in this gym, the first step, nobody's here but me and you. Let's go. The and mental then, game. And then we are going to the gym and I'd just be like. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Nobody. Yeah. Don't talk to nobody. No one's in our world. It was just like that. And the same thing, we're in the posing room. Like I'm sitting in the pool of sweat, like splashing in my own sweat. And I'm just like a soldier. I'm just like. No discussion, no whining, no, oh, man. Because I get guys in the gym, they'd be like, oh, man, come on, man. Like, yeah. bro, like, this is what it takes. Like, you want to you wanna be able to function when you're at a disarray, when you're dizzy, when you, when you, when you uh, feel like you can't do another pose, but you still got more shots to do. That's the guy that you want to be able to function at that, correct? Yeah, I mean, you, you I, 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 I would say my mental focus was – what put me ahead be, be, you know, cause my genetics obviously were limited. Right. But yeah. people, I think don't know how serious you were. Right. And how focused you were. But when you, when you, like you moved to Venice, you trained twice a day. Like how important was those double split workers? Do you think in, if you were today's bodybuilding, do you think you would train twice or do you, would, I would you go do twice. the I would go twice. Why doesn't anyone do it, Chris? And why do you put that on people like, as far as now, when you well, train. Here's the, here's the thing. Like, let's say you have a certain amount of days in a year, and you're putting in, you know, high-intensity workouts at, say, 10 to 12 o'clock. You get some food in. You get a, a nap or whatever. If that's your job, if that's your thing you do, why wouldn't you? If you're contracted, <laughs> that's what I mean. You're why contracted. You? Like, yeah. that's your job, yeah. right? Yeah. We all went to that goal to try to get paid to work out, right? So yeah. you took as much availability of that time so you could right? do some big body parts or whatever in the morning but then the night you get a small body part and then you can put the posing in and stuff like that but if that's and then that's your day so even when i was training even when i'm working at roxbury i also had a small job at the uh, i was selling nutrition at the um oh shit what's those stores uh gnc gnc so i worked at gnc in roxbury uh in uh in Culver City and I'd be at two different locations but I'd go there and then sometime I'd just go home enough to get some food and then they took away the food at night so sometime I'd go to the to the show I mean to the show to my job and I got chicken breasts and some wrapped up in some foil yeah that I got so when I at a certain time of night I'm gonna start chomping on this chicken breast in the middle of my, my work shift you know so between that and uh you know I've just just like this is this is what we're gonna do, and we were just we was afraid not to get those workouts in. We were afraid not to to miss a workout. That was not that was not in the the cards. Um, you were how old at this time though? Or when did you 20, turn pro? Twenty four. So I was like twenty three at the time. So you turned pro at what age? Twenty four. It was a young man's game then. What do you think about today's bodybuilding? Where. I mean, no one's turning pro in their 20s. It seems like it's very rare, right? And well, here's the, open the thing, men's. though. Here's the thing, though. What we was doing, 
some people I felt like, like myself, like I was, I was always taught for like robbing those guys. You're taking the least amount as possible to get the results you need. Mm-hmm. And I feel like today it's kind of switched to where like some of the guys are younger or whatever. They want to almost maximize that stuff. And I'd be like, where are you going to go when you turn pro? You're going to double that or you going to inch your way up there? Like you already at, you know, over a gram or a bottle and a half or whatever you're doing. I feel everyone just takes a thousand tests now, yeah. like right out of the gate. Where but I feel like I feel like I was under that and I was good, but you gotta understand it's a mental side; it, it affects you mentally too, right? Did you ever feel like you ever you would say or do certain things differently if you were on or off? I, you know, I wasn't so much. It didn't really affect me truthfully. No. So, but I cycled on and off. I don't know what. You, yeah, you I cycled did, on and off for like sure. We actually came I never off stayed the, on. Now, yeah. But they, now these guys bridge or they cruise now. <laughs> and I'm on it. I'm, I'm on TRT. It's only <laughs> yeah, yeah. a week. The TRT is <laughs> 500 <laughs> megs, you know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, you know, TRT. <laughs> you're laughing over there. Uh, so, but we came yeah, off. We were, like, yeah, we came it was like off, a, off. it was like you know a 10 or 12 week cycle. Then you come off for 10, 12 weeks, and you know, obviously, you shrink down like. I've seen you get pretty small, actually. Yeah. But after I competed, like, let's say I competed at 250-something, whatever. But I would still hold my size after the show. It would slowly come of down. Of course, yeah. But Flex, I would always be like, I would be so amazed at how big he would be at the show. Two weeks later, he's like. But he didn't like, train or eat, probably, I know, right? right? Right. And Paul was the same way. I felt like a lot of guys just didn't, like, after the Olympia was over, they took couple months off and started in january again right yeah and paul paul was a trip <laughs> but yeah that that's the way it was then man so um but a lot of uh a lot of the competitors i think uh it just makes it different i just and i don't know what because you know we took what arnold and those guys are doing and we like we increased it mm-hmm. as far as like and then um then we went to how they are now, and I would expect these people to want to increase what we were doing, but take on what we did, do it better, do it more, do it, or whatever. Um, but somehow, like, the, the importance of the posing dropped off. It's not like it's a secret. You just got to want to mentally put yourself there. And I think UJ had a very strong mindset, and I was, and I, that's, what, that's what tripped me out about you, is, like, you would take something, and if it was golden, you would, you would, you would, you would, you would maximize that shit. Like I didn't expect you to be coming from here to go <laughs> and seeing the guy that I was seeing. Yeah, Steve Murphy. Like, I didn't. I, I underestimated you with that. <laughs> I know, you know, you know, Chris. But like, I I give you a lot of credit because, <laughs> like, even though we became like rivals, right? I thought about you a lot. Yeah. You know, and it, and I know that like. Like, it pushed me, you know, like Ronnie Coleman pushed me to be better. Like, if there was no Ronnie Coleman, I wouldn't have been. But, you know, there was a lead up until I was doing solely the Olympia, and that was the battles with you at the... The Arnold. And the Arnold, you kind of but set we the also, standard because... we also did the, uh, the Ironman. Well, you beat me at the Ironman. And yeah, I was unbeatable at the Ironman. Yeah. The Ironman, you four? Yeah, four in a row. I was kind of tired of it. I'm not tired of it, but I was like, eh. That show set the... Like the tone for the year, yeah, always. Yeah. Well, it was the best lighting, but Chris, yeah. I was so mad because I came in 99, right? And I honestly, like, obviously you were an idol of mine, and I, I stood on stage with you, and I was super shredded that year. I just wasn't as big. Mm. And 
I remember going out there and they said that you were eating a Subway sandwich like on Thursday <laughs> and I'm fucking cooking at the Marina Pacific Hotel, my fish. And I was on like 50 grams of carbs a day. And they said, yeah, Chris was just at the gym and he walked in on a turkey sandwich with cheese and whatever. And then I'm like, oh, there's no way he's going to show up on stage and be on point. And I remember seeing him backstage. And I'm like, oh, he looks all right. And then under the lights that the body just came alive. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, you smoked everyone, and that's the year you you arguably could have walked away with Olympia title. Where yeah. what you year know, was you, that? That was ninety nine. He I got mean, third. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember all Mannion talked about was how great Chris Cormier looked, and you know, I never imagined it because once again, Chris had better balance than everyone, but he didn't have an overwhelming body part. Like there was nothing that stood out on you other than the condition and the balance. But that was like my goal from day one. Like I'm a teenager and I'm reading, okay, he's got to have your calves, your biceps, Equal, yeah. your neck, all around the same circumference. So that was like my goal from day one. And then I was like, okay, I'm measuring my waist and my quads. And I'm like, okay, I want to get my quads as close to my waist size as possible. You know, so, um, you know, I had my legs got up to around, you know, 30-ish or, or so like that. My I was just a, and I had like around a 32 inch waist. So it was like a little bit, it was close. But if mm -hmm. I, but if I did a lat spread, I could like, oh, I don't think know, anyone's a, waist is small is, I don't think anyone's waist is smaller than their legs. Right. Lee, I'd say, I'd There's say, I'd say, I'd say Linda Murray did. <laughs> I know, but like in the men's, <laughs> like in men's, the men's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I tough. know they say that. Was Ronnie's like, in the beginning? No. no. So. Ronnie had it little so, legs. Ronnie it's so hard legs. to have, like, I mean, even my legs, like, people thought I had phenomenal legs, but on a tape measure, dude, I don't even think they measured 30 inches, to be truthful. I think my legs were, like, 28. I remember I did a 30, at the 07, your right leg was smaller. It was an inch and a half smaller. I know, but, that, but I'm 29 like, and 27 yeah, and yeah, and well, I didn't yeah. even hit 30, so your legs yeah. were big. But I feel like you're, I mean, you're 5'10", right? I'm 5'9", so I felt like the guys that had taller height are going to have bigger, like, you know, Greg Kovacs had a 24-inch arm, but, dude, he was 6'3", or whatever, yeah. right? Dude, I remember Greg, I remember Kovacs was supposed, to, was supposed to have been a strong guy, too, right? Yeah. So he came, I remember he came to goals, and he was, he was, he was. Uh, he was the world's strongest bodybuilder. Yeah, but he was rolling the 22, I'm at 22, the 200 across the room. Yeah, yeah. And he stopped to take a brace, a rest. <laughs> <laughs> he was like huffing like this, huffing. Oh and his wife was spotting him at and the time? And his wife came running over, and she started rolling it <laughs> for him. She started rolling the 200 across. You know, I only met him once, and I remember seeing him sit in the crowd, and he had a fan. Yeah, she, she was had holding a fan, a fan yeah. like or maybe she was holding it. it was, he was, he was, he was a fan was, She would hold a fan on his face. He was yeah. the first 400-pound bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. But he, the thing is, well, I, was I was like, I said, and then they said, Chris, uh, they want you to come spot um, Kovacs. Spot Kovacs for the, with the 200 pound dumbbell. I was like, fuck no, I'm not fucking spotting him. I said, he's supposed to be strong. Then he, he just wanted to do, he wanted to lift it so he can do some negatives to look like he was actually pushing it. So he couldn't but do it. But he couldn't do it. Wow. Who was I the strongest come. guy at Gold's Gym Venice? I was. Okay. <laughs> I like that. There's no hesitation. I, 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 don't, I don't think, I think we, I think we already discussed this. I yeah. think. Yeah. Even when I was clean, I still was able to do seven a seven hundred squat for a double. When I didn't, I didn't take anything. And I said, let me just see how strong I'd be with like on an off cycle. So I was just each week I was coming up, coming up a pound. I was coming up a plate each week, and then I said, uh, I said, Chris, come down to the gym and come shoot me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try a big squat. He said, okay. So he came down and shot me. It was in the off season. 
but I just wanted to see you know get that on film and get uh, and and do the squat. And I had a regular bodybuilding belt on, and I, I remember I knocked out two two reps with that. Over seven. But so that's your best lift, you think? Yeah, I never did that when I was on, but um, when for it, competition, it, or yeah, I never did it like that. But I was, I wanted to see without without anything. And when I, and early when I said Ronnie had smaller legs, he, at first he had smaller legs until a certain time. Remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his legs right. were actually behind for some right. reason. Like he, that's probably the biggest improvement Coleman made was the leg size, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he was kind of a big upper body, had the crazy arms, but his legs were kind of lacking. Yeah, because he's just stand, you know, kind of funny. Where he stood with his legs together. Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost crossing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do? You, do you think the guys don't train as hard now as they did in your day? It's just different now because people are worried about the social media thing too. So we didn't have tripods that we got yeah. to set up and mm-hmm. and try to, you know, and then you got like. You know, I just here's the thing. When I trained with Dorian, I was 43 years old at the time, but he was trying to get me to train with him when I was 35. That's where it's a big mistake for me. I didn't take, take advantage. I of didn't it. take yeah. I didn't take something like that that was gonna be golden for me. And I didn't understand. I didn't really understand about intensity. I could be strong, but I still didn't understand about intensity. I didn't yeah. understand it. But then everything started connecting dots just from all of my mentors and training partners before. And then I trained with Charles for a while. Charles was, Charles was more on the line of like angles and setting up an apparatus to put you in the right angle to build, try to build in a certain way. But it wasn't intense. So once I learned that part, and then I went to, you know, to, to study about personal training and, and training and all that stuff, I connected all the dots. And then, but I was just too old at the time. That's where a lot of people go wrong because they wait till it's too late to get in the proper position or the right buttons pushed, mm-hmm. I think, to get them to that the level where they want it to be. I, I see that all the time. And people wait and wait and wait. Next thing you know, it's too late for you to, to make your body do something. What does Charles Glass mean to you? Now? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was... He seemed good. like you were with him for quite a bit of years. Yeah, I just thought we was going to parlay something as someone had been around him or and he wasn't really willing to put me in that position. So I kind of like, okay, I'm going to go do this with or without, you know, just like, you know, you say, I'm, I'm, I'm a Leo dude. Leo's is not the type of person. You're not a follower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm rather like, okay, I'm going to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And so leaving, going there, going to England, doing that stuff. But then when I started training people, it was just a lot of static in the gym with, with Charles. Like Charles didn't really want that type of energy in the gym. And I just remember my first day training people in goals, and it was like he just kind of just looked at me weird, and I was just like, I just looked at him thinking he's gonna smile, just like if I've known you for a long time, yeah. I know you're gonna be doing your thing, and um, you know I, I wish everyone success as they're trying to go on their journey, but I was wanting to give back and help people because I've always been that type of person anyway. And then I just didn't get the, I didn't get the, uh, the respect or, yeah. Or, or it was, I don't know. Or he, I don't know. You didn't get the, uh, like the welcome. What I, what I thought I would have gotten, but then me going out to Kuwait, which I think catapulted me in a different light, working with the people I did out there. Oxygen. Yeah. The Asher and, and Roly and, and 
um, you know, Rami. Um, That's when I first started hearing about yeah. you, like, really working with people. Yeah. Was that? What year was that, Chris? 2017. That's remember it got like, really Bader, hot out Bader there. And brought you out there, right, yeah. as like, hey. Like, he moved you there for a while, right? Yeah. So I, what happened was I saw him at the Arnold, and he was like, yep. man, he's a fucking good dude. <laughs> Another one? <laughs> yeah. Another purple? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. You know, black people like the great. Uh, so Bader <laughs> brought you out there to. Yeah. So he brought me out there to do a seminar. Because I, I met him, he's like, oh, man. So he was one of my favorite bodybuilders growing up. And uh, I Respected, said, yeah. Respected, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, shit. He's like, yeah, you. He said, and he said, ask him. I said, who's my favorite? Like, you were my favorite. So I said, okay. I said, I want to go out there. I never got a chance to go to Kuwait. And I went. Uh, he said, come out there and do a, do a seminar and stuff. I'll bring you out there like that. So it's not going to cost you nothing. And then uh, I ended up doing a camp out there, Camp Cormier, out there in Kuwait. And I started doing it for a number of years after that, but I started having my own guys come from all over the world to train with me, but then also, we also uh, started helping, you know, with uh, Curry and with, uh, you remember Curry started drawing those mm -hmm. legs and I was out there at the time, so you put two and two together. Oh, where you, where you expect big things? He just walked in, and you know, I hear he was looking tremendous this year. So yeah, I haven't I seen the front? I haven't seen the back. Yeah, but I would like. To, I'm very interested. From the front, he looks who, who way who, bigger than he is. Who impresses yeah. you today? I mean, I know you work with Breon and Classic. We'll get to that, but like, as yeah. far as the open, like, do you think this is Rami's show? I mean, everyone talks uh, just, about just him. Just because like, I saw him so far out and and dialed in, you know, a, a, a far out from what. I remember him being, you know, I think it's a lot easier if you wanted before. All you had to do is uh, come in shape. It's just that I, th I used to think before he would kind of lose it mentally the last couple of weeks and his body would shift into a whole nother look from when I saw, you know, with those previous weeks, you know, leading up to that. I used to go to his house, help him with his posing. You know, I had trained him for, for a while. And I think that when he took second to feel, I think it was in 18, I believe. So I know I know him very well, um, but I just never thought that his heart was in the right place for him to go to that next level, to push yourself on the cardio, to push yourself in the, the training, to go through that extra little pain that it would take to bring your body to another level. Dark place. Yeah, so if you, you know, have a trouble with that, I think that's, it dictates a lot of your um, physical shortcomings or not. This thing is a mindset, and that's that's the one thing. Like I say, I didn't realize about you. Um, you know, doing the right thing. You know, especially with your money and your and your finances as you're competing, mm -hmm. getting ready for the days you're not competing, all that stuff. I was just thinking that all that shit's you know in the future. I'm gonna do. You know what I'm saying? I was just so. It just came to me like it was easier for me than wrestling. So I was like, well, shit, I could do this for a long time. Like. I'm waiting for Kevin and all those guys to drop off, and I'm going to just smash people. You know? yeah. So that was my mindset. But then, you know, the life and trials and tribulations life hit me, and um, that's, that's kind of, you know, just kind of like switched, changed everything up for me, you know. But you've migrated to now, like, being, I think, really successful. You think you're in a, one of the better places in oh, your life yeah. right now? I mean, for it seems sure. like, I mean, Looking sure. at your media and stuff, dude, it seems like you're living the life right now. Yeah, dude. I, I, uh, I feel good, man. And um, 
just jumping into reinventing myself and being more of a voice because I was really quiet for a lot of years and really talk much you think this media thing's a good move for you oh yeah doing these shows I, like the media. And, I was gonna ask you how did how did that come about how did you get brought on to the primetime muscle i mean there's uh, a lot of people they could have chosen and how did yeah. you be yeah. the one okay so just like bodybuilding or just like anything someone want to get into i started thinking man, i want to and i talked about it for like a, a year it's never i didn't move on anything or have the opening to do something so i ended up doing an interview with um with uh, with DJ and um, you know at the end of the thing he was like hey you want to do some more of these or you want to do more of this and this and that I think it would be you know really good if you did uh, so you got a lot of ton of experience more than more so than most people and um, I think you know you'd really be good in this I was like yeah I'd like to and then they said okay we're going to meet at the, the Arnold and we're going to talk more about it bringing you on more and this and that. So I was like, so we get to Arnold and uh, they were like, it was kind of something happened to where someone said, I don't think it'll be good or good fit or I don't think it's going to work, work out. So someone was a hater. <laughs> I don't said, have to tell me. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone said something, <laughs> but uh, I just didn't stop. Um, pursuing it. Yeah, I didn't stop pursuing it. And that's what I wanted to do. And um, I started doing more stuff. So I, I think, you know, DJ a lot for that because um, he, he kept pushing being involved. Yeah, pushing for me, helping me, and getting him to stay involved. And I think when they got to know me more, they got to see me more, get more tape and more stuff, they started to see that I could have uh, some benefits of me being on the show. And I knew they were coming up with another show, and they, were, they didn't do – they wasn't going to bring back uh, – um, um, uh, Sean and, and it was they had Flex and they had um, Bob. Bob, um, you're good for that. Yeah. <laughs> How, you watched it, then, huh? No, I, you know, I always pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I have to. That's but I remember job. some shit. I'm gonna look at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so and they were gonna just do a different type of format and everything, and um, but they didn't have an idea subject wise or people wise yet. They, um, you know, brought on Tim Wilkins, who mm -hmm. had a lot of good experiences with you know, being MCing and he competed before. And all he did stuff. a lot of the backstage broadcast yeah, before at the Olympia. Yeah. yeah, so he was. They was going. They started with him. Then they they brought Tarek on. They were looking for another athlete that can be a, a good personality on there. And uh, I think uh, just somehow just kept pushing to that's what I wanted to do. And then they they said, okay, we're going to pull the trigger with you, um, bring you on. So I think. Uh, just going out there and being around those guys, I think um, they, they know me more on a personal level now. And I think it's working out. I'd still like to do more and more stuff. How, uh, how often do you film in Arizona for this? So we're going to, we finished all the ones already. So we'll do like, we're going to start up again in January to start shooting again in the uh, middle of January. So we'll do like four segments in one day. Okay, so yeah, and so then, it gets uh, a month worth of content. Is that how, how is that? Like, is it oh, it's grueling? Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it's tough. Like how long is it, Chris? Oh, like I mean, how long are the how long are the we'll, sessions? We we'll do like fifteen minute um, segments. Straight. But it, it's a whole day, a pretty much, right? And then we'll take a break, and then we'll we'll change clothes, and then we'll do another segment. So we come out there with like four different outfits. Yeah. And um, you have the best outfits, kinda, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Look at yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. You're pulling so out you, some uh, of the club gear, yeah. actually. You know? <laughs> 
I know if you were in crazy shape, you'd have your shirt off. You damn right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you get, get in shape and put a tank, a Louis tank top. No, no. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the thing. And they said, you know, I could wear a suit thing. So I went and bought all these suits and shit. I was like, man, I'd rather just come in with my own shit, my own gear. Like that's my, I mean, I'm not really So a you went suit back guy. to the store in LA that used to shop in. Uh, with the Melrose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to ask Chris, where the fuck do you get these outfits from? And he's like, oh, you go to this store. Or that. Yeah, I had it down. <laughs> With you, Jay. <laughs> hey, so, so, yeah, man. So it's funny. I was going to say um, back, uh, you know, before Instagram, you know, I just always had, like, you know, like physiques. But, you know, the, the girls I'd have, like, in my phone thing, I would, I'd be showing Jay, Jay, look at this. He was a him. he was a terrible influence on my take. <laughs> you were an influencer before influencer. So I was married. Yeah. I was married to a white girl for years, and Chris convinced me to go to the, the booty other side. Yeah, you know, before funny. glutes was in before booty before boots boot people he, like butts. I was already he the had all guy. the magazine. It was like FHM and like a, I don't know what else was there, but it was always butt man. Yeah, he always brought. I, he must have spent like. He had crazy subscriptions to well, these books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would bring them all and be like, Jay, check this out. Look, look, and I'm, look, like, Jay. I'm like, Chris, that's too big. <laughs> <laughs> He's Jay like, what are you talking about? No such thing. <laughs> right? Like, Jay, look at that, man. Come Wait, on. Chris, Chris is the, you know, I can tell you. like, <laughs> You're he, a good, bad he, influence. He always had people that were around that always were like his team right so we went to despos in hawaii one year right so chris has all these people with him and the girl actually instead of coming out we all guest posted music this girl came out and sang a chris cormier song went for his guest posing i'm like chris you're the you're the first guy ever to guest pose and brought a female to sing and about I'm, chris cormier and I'm coming out the back yeah i'm walking through the crowd like a boxer and shit. Yeah. <laughs> That was my thing, you know. Uh, yeah, man. But I was—I mean, I was telling Jay, Jay, man. I'd always tell Jay, like, "You gotta eat this sushi, man. Yeah. Eat this." And sushi. I'm like, I, I never wanted sushi, bro, because I was like an East Coaster, and so you I'm like, "You sushi, eat this man. raw shit." And Chris was like the first one to get like, and I, then I became addicted, you know. Yeah, you know, was, you know, I, the first time I met, he wouldn't remember this. I met you at Dre's in 01 at the USA's after party. That's a shocker. You had a fanny pack on, and I'm not going to say what else happened, but I was there with Dorian and King Kamali. Yeah, you, I was there. I remember that. I remember that. I remember you that. walked in. With your, some stuff came out of the fanny pack. I remember and, I remember. I was standing against the wall one time. I was like, I'm all sweating. I ain't got no shirt on. <laughs> like, Did you compete in no one? Or? I'd say you're yeah, like a second yeah, yeah. to Ronnie Coleman, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was the one show. Oh, I did not do that one. I think I did an after party. Though. I did one of the first after parties also. So every, I don't think people understand how much. No, I'm, you and I, Chris, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I just remember. We guest posed in Utah together six weeks out of the the U, uh, out of the Olympian 01. It was mm -hmm. 9-11 year. Yeah. We guest posed. You and I went but to I went, Utah. Yeah. And then I, you went to Mexico or something. Got Mexico, sick. Yeah. So this is what happened in Mexico. I was... Guest posing, like, I had 12, 12 guest spots in Mexico, all back to back. And it was right before the contest. Yeah, like, it was, but I was ready. I was 282. Yeah, remember, you looked great right when we guest yeah. posed. Bro, I was about to come bring some heat. And people was like, oh, man, this is going to be the year, this and that. I'm like, okay. I said, so I go to Mexico, and so I'm, I'm like, standing on my cycle. I got 
I bought a bunch of GH out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm traveling around with two girls and we just like and playing like I got the volador. That was my song. I was <laughs> guessing for I got the volador, right? So I'm just rolling around Mexico and uh next thing you know, I was running out of days I was gonna be there, but I had all this growth. And at the time I didn't realize that if you took too much of that, it's gonna affect your blood sugar levels. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. So, my I dumb, still took a lot though. My dumb ass. <laughs> yeah, but I started taking a whole bottle per day. That was pretty I, normal. I'm a, no, no, it wasn't for me. Jay's all feeling that. We all feel- well, you're still on a so, bottle a day, you know. No, two or three. <laughs> Come on, man. I gotta fill. Up, I gotta fit in with the. But the I young wasn't. Guys. But I started out really, really low on that. So even my, even when I was doing Olympia, I was on two IU's, two IU's, and I started working up to four or whatever. But I was never like a really high in that. So just trying to finish out what I had, so I didn't have to throw it away or give it back. When I should have just kept on track, and everything would have been fine. But dude, so I got to my last one. It was the biggest competition that day and I like totally I left there with no shirt because I get all my photos away everybody everybody's done I even gave my shirt away I walked out of there with no shirt on just like strolling out but that night I had like maybe like 12 15 grand in my my bag my fanny pack and um I remember going to my room and next thing you know the room starts spinning and then it's just like I, I, I went into a uh to a seizure like a diabetic. I had to see yeah, dude. And the girl that was um, that was with me, she came in and found me. She said I was just foaming at the mouth, and I was, you know, full body, full of sweat. And um, I remember before I got to that point, I was trying to get sugar. Like I couldn't get enough sugar, so I was. I went downstairs trying to get pancakes. The, the restaurant wasn't open yet. I was like, I started to drink some sodas, and I just. I remember I was, I was just so exhausted. I went back to the room, lay down, and went to a seizure. But then I remember sort of being coherent enough to where the, when they called the ambulance, they said that they couldn't pick me up. It was these two Mexican guys, and they They're had a little big. yeah, that was too big, and they had a little small Mexican gurney that was too small for me, my whole body, and so they were just like, Chris, it's like you're gonna die if you don't get up and walk. And I remember my body, son just told me just like. I just went, I stood up and I just, I was just walking, but I was just like staggering through the hallway. And I remember it was blurry and I can remember seeing some people, but everything was super blurry. I remember getting to the truck and I just sat there and then I was just out. And then five, a couple of days later, I came, I just woke up. But before I woke up, I saw my brother who was deceased at the time, my grandmother when I was out. And I thought I was in heaven. I thought I just died and I was just with my family. And then um, I started to open my eyes because my, my grandmother told me it wasn't my time. I was like, I just went up to her and she said, it's not your time, Chrissy. She's calling me Chrissy. And then I said, cool. And I, I remember I like give her like a pound of my grandmother's arm like this. And I woke up and then there was like all these nurses standing around me in white. And they were all, and the one girl I was with, she was crying, and it was, uh, I thought it was in heaven, but it was nurses <laughs> in white. So when I opened my eyes, she started telling me all the stuff that happened, and then um, I was in the hospital in Mexico City for like that week, 
And every time they take out the, the glucose that they're putting in my um, vein, <clears throat> my blood sugar drops in. Yeah. So they put it back in, and then uh, it was down to like a 15 or some shit like mm-hmm. that. They said it was crazy. Um, so after get out of there, most of my money was gone at the time when I woke up. I didn't care because I was just happy to be alive. I had about five grand left. Way to go. And I went, <laughs> someone took it. Why wouldn't they take it all? Why would they just take a little bit? They probably cared enough. They probably knew me enough to where they better give them a little something, but they took most. Yeah. I just went to Cancun. Uh, I said, fuck, I'm not. I, so I thought something was like really wrong with me. So I was like, I'm not even going to try to do the, the Olympia yeah, now. Bailed. And uh, but Jim was, Jim Manuel was like, man, you should just do the show. You're already in shape. And I was just thinking about it. I should have just did it anyway. Would have been a worse off top three or top. Do you think you would have beat me or? I might have beat you. <laughs> I was big, dude. I was ready to go. <laughs> you remember? You saw? I wasn't. I was looking. You must good have been like. Out. You must have been like shit. Because I just got. I just got show. my. I just got my gyno out, and I was. I yeah. had a different size shaped chest because it rounded my chest out more. I think I was. Were I you was surprised in, when I got second that show? Or I was. But I saw you, I remember seeing you, and I knew you was ripped because I never saw your head shaped that way before. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I remember your temples were super drawn in. Yeah, I took a lot of diarrhea. And then just looked like a, eight, like, a, eight, like a light bulb. And I was just like, Jay. Because, you know, that's, that's the thing. We looked at each other's face and head, and that's how we could tell if someone was in shape or not. And Jay was just, I never seen him like that again. But that, that day, you was just looking like I never saw you before. Um, so, yeah, so just... To go up there and do that, and I think that kind of catapulted you to, like, you know, in a in the judge's eyes, like now you're the next guy up. What uh, what was your best you ever? You think? I think the I think the ninety one was really really good combination of, of everything because I remember I went in ninety nine or ninety one ninety nine ninety nine Olympia. Yeah, and th- but then I had a more mature look. You think you should have beat Flex Wheeler? I think so. I the think second, so. yeah, I think so. Uh, I think they do. I think they were just surprised that I looked the way I looked. And even when I was going to, I was flying to Vegas that year in '99, like every week. Why? Just to get up on the on the just to dance and to Party. get in front of people, just to work on my set my shyness because I was so shy. I didn't want to so do certain going things. Going to the on clubs stage. and taking your shirt off was kind of like your outlet, or yeah, to to get past that shyness you know people talk shit about you though you know like you weren't (laughs) focused and all that you know that right but i would that bother you or yeah because when i went to the gym to train i would make sure yeah i'd all train everybody so could could i have but i don't think that was a reason i think a lot of my personal life and chaos in my personal life as far as different women or different like that's the one thing you had I had, had the stability a, yeah, with the yeah, marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. The stability with that. And I think that's another thing Dorian had. And even though he wasn't happy in the marriage, he kept it because he didn't want to change. Of course, yeah. And I, I, and I had people in and out of my life, people coming along that I was I was still open to. And I think That weren't the best influence, I'm not sure, right? The, not a good influence and yeah. didn't have the same goals, wasn't a special person. And I just felt like if they knew I was a special person in this universe, that they should have backed off and not tried to fuck with it. I think that's... Do you think if you would have had some stability, the career would have been different? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
You think it's something it, you would suggest so to some of your things. people, like when you train yeah. someone, or yeah, for sure, they have to have that stability and that that yeah. groundhog day effect, right? Day in, day out. If that's what you're trying to do, that's what you like. Do. When you got ready for the USA and they did that whole article, like you just were focused, focused on yeah. training, yeah. right? Yeah, because I was hell bent on turning pro, yeah, of course, and I was, I took that really personal that people didn't, they all doubted me, but people doubted everything I was doing up until. I shut down the, the, the doubts when I took sixth in that first Olympia. But everyone, every step I took, people, oh, he's not going to win. He won the Teenage Cal, but he can't win the Teenage Nationals. Oh, he won the Teenage Nationals. But I was he, the same, He's not going to go pro. Yeah. He, got, he, oh, he won the USA, but he ain't going to do good in the pros. Oh, he took sixth in Olympia. Okay. Then they'd be quiet, <laughs> you know. But that, that bothered me enough to where it pushed me extra, extra. But like I say, it wasn't going to a club or going to a strip club that wasn't the, the, the determining factor it was my personal life that's where i get pissed because people don't don't act like i wasn't that guy i was that dude you know and especially when it come to posing that's especially when it come to all this stuff i was trained for that trained to be a pro before i was a professional i was already a professional you know because gary stridham and robbie all those guys taught me what I needed to know and taught me what I needed to do. Very focused, yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, but that that's the, two, that's the two people I felt like really pushed that. Was Dorian Yates unbeatable at his peak? <laughs> at his how peak, impressive, yeah. tell, tell everyone how impressive he was. Oh, but, but people try to look at a video or try to look at whatever and they try to decide. But if you do, like... When being there is different, right? I mean, I, I'm telling you, Chris, like I... I, oh, yeah, I was an I was an amateur nothing, and I remember going to the Olympic. I went to my first Olympia in '95, mm. and I I didn't understand why Dorian won because I didn't think he had the best arms, the best legs, the Did best <laughs> chest. But when I saw him come out, I was like, "Holy shit, show's over!" Yeah. And Sean got second. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nasser was third. So '95 so was in Atlanta. He, yeah. So I'm in Atlanta for my first one. Uh, so '93, I was there when he won the first one. That's the, the year first he got huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's when he first came out with this new look. And then, but I met Dorian when he was 1990. He was like, oh, yeah, I want to meet Chris Cormier. So this guy said, hey, Dorian wants to meet you. And at the time, I was like, the fuck? Dorian wants to meet me? Like, okay. So I went to meet him, and we became friends. And then uh, we uh, came really close. But at my first Olympia, I remember, I remember we had the same shoes on. So I remember he was right in front of me. Sean Ray was, yeah, Ray, Sean Ray was back and was behind me and Dorian in front of me. So I'm like, okay, this is my first Olympia. All these good guys are here. I'm like, shit. So I remember walking behind him to get on stage. I remember him going up the stairs. And what the lats look like, Chris. And his <laughs> lats. <laughs> Dude, his lats were so wide. It's like the, it just went dark. And I just remember that freaked me out. Like I'm going behind him and the, all the lights just went out because he went up and then it was just, just his lats. It would, but the, the it, was, it was not, I mean, he was wide, but you know what was crazy was his, from the side, his thickness, right? It seemed like it just was piled on. Oh, man. So I remember you could feel his presence on the stage. That freaked me out, too. Because I'm like, just like if you hear in the, in the whale that's coming behind you, you're going to feel some type of massive yeah. presence behind you coming. That's, that's, what, mm -hmm. uh, that's what I felt with him walking next to me on the stage. And you know that was that was that was something, man. But I remember 
that that was something. But to, to see him and see, I think because he dieted year round and he kept his skin so thin that when those fibers and shit hit, like when he went like Christmas bah! tree and shit, yeah, yeah, and then he went boom with the last bread. Oh man, like no one had that, and that's where the I show was it, over. Yeah, it was just shocking to see and to witness. But you gotta you gotta have be there to, to appreciate everything. Is Ronnie Col- was Ronnie Coleman more impressive to you, or was it uh, you were in the '98 Olympia, right? Mm-hmm. And did you think Ronnie was gonna win? Actually, were you shocked? Yeah, I was shocked because because you would beat him the year before. But he started to come on. Yeah. in '97. Well, I, I did the night champions yeah. in '98, and he was he was first, and Kevin was second. Yeah. So what place did you get? I got 11th. I tied with Milos. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's Milos's claim to fame. I told yeah. him to put it on his yeah. Instagram. No, no, he beat, he beat me at the at the Iron Man, dude. I got third. Oh, he yeah. was second I to I you. Remember, I, remember, I, remember. I told Milos to put it on there. I've defeated a Mr. Olympia. Yeah. <laughs> well, he also beat Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, I he think, did too. Yeah, yeah. But at the Iron Man, I remember I went up. They called me up next to him. I just I remember in his own video, you could see I walked up. I just went all oh, business. <laughs> and I see Gunther and him look at me like this. <laughs> I think Gunther was like fifth or something. I think then, or yeah, yeah, you was you was a young type. You know what I was going to ask you? Since you are like the master of posing, what do you think that with the guys posing now? Do they put the type of effort in that you guys did? I wouldn't say classic does right for the most part, but then you would get to ask a person, "Hey, how much time did you put in?" Or oh, not that much. It's like. I'll still get to, I'll hear some of that sometimes. And I just think it's just a whole nother look that you can drive yourself from eight weeks out, ten weeks out to get ready to the show. This is part of the conditioning too. It's a whole nother look to the to the muscle, a whole nother look to the 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 sub, subcutaneous fluid between the muscle and the mm-hmm. and the and the skin. And the control and the like I say, it's also isometric, so it's, you're still getting a different shape. Still you're still working all the muscles at one time. If you get used to working all those muscles at one time, you're going to start finding more poses that you can hit that normally. I've always wondered why these guys, like anyone in general for any of the divisions, they spend all this money dieting and they hire a coach and they, it costs thousands of dollars to travel to the shows and all these costs, and, but they won't hire a posing coach. And it's not what you have, it's what you show. Well, we don't get judged. Well, they spent all the money nope. on the gear. Yeah, <laughs> well, again, like, but if you do all that, <laughs> and if you look like, if you can't present it, what good is it? Do you think it's a travesty that the posing round is not included now? I mean, I know they judge the body, not like how someone can dance or whatever else, but do you, do you agree with how now the judge, like we used to do quarter turns, Chris, and that counted, right? The I like, symmetry round. I like the quarter turns. Because you would kill man. people on the symmetry. <laughs> yeah. Like that was like, points for you. Yeah, exactly. And it's a different. It, it became different because they change. They they change even when you were still mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. But I feel like uh, that was a a good. You had a good idea who was going to do what. You know, with that first round, you know, and I think it in a sense it made you better for the next round because you sweat a good amount of water out, and your body can change for the better in that first thing, and then you go to posing. It's not like like now you go everyone's. Or whatever backstage, but it's not a whole lot of time for your body to change when you go yeah. straight to that uh, that round where you're doing you know some poses, some some quarter turn. But I think it, I think it uh, I think it dry, can dry. You can dry out a bit. I more used to watch that. a lot of videos of you and Flex, like you guys would do your quarter turns in the gym leading up to. I remember the '99 Olympia DVD, right. and yeah. you guys were practicing, and mm-hmm. like I'd spend 
you know, the last six weeks doing quarter turns and posing, like I would do two or three rounds a day those last six weeks to kind of, so I wouldn't shake and whatever else. But you're noticing like some of these new guys, you know, they were kind of, uh, you know, looking at Michael Crizzo, you know who Crizzo is. He was shaking a little bit at his first yeah. pro win that he just had in Prague. So he's going to come prepared to the Olympia because you know this may be the most, like we talk about competitive Olympia in a certain range of athletes, right? Mm-hmm. So you know they're going to work the hell out of them. Oh, yeah. Like it's not going to be a one single call-out show. But also, you know, when you did your first Olympia, you almost get like extra winded. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can know it's a mental thing or what, but you like extra wind. It's almost like you're running wind sprints, you know, and that feeling, you know. So, but I think Chris O'Kid is not doing everything he needs to be doing as a as a champion. That's what I see right now. Do you think, do you think, uh, like, how do you feel Andrew Jacked or Michael? These are the two new guys, right? And they're first. Yeah. tall. Yeah, I haven't. S- and Samson's in his first one. Like, no, uh, was it? Right? No, he did last year. Who did? Wasn't Samson? No, Samson's first one. Oh, no, one. no, it is. Okay. Yeah. His first okay. one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. And some of these guys, I reach out to some guys, you know, just when I see people that's prominent or could, whatever, or could use a little something. A little push. Yeah, I kind of, like, reach out to them. And I DM them and stuff and go, hey, man, you know, look at If you hit that shot this way or that way, it's going to make a huge difference. Better. Yeah. So I do that. With, you know, some guys will tell you that they don't, they don't mention it out, but, you know, a lot of guys are guaranteed you can say, yeah, Chris hit me up. When you saw me doing a stupid, if I if I was coming to the Olympia, I would be reaching out to somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, remember, some guys are too proud to do that. But like, who do you you feel? Have you made a prediction on this Open Olympia yet? Like, if they asked you on any of these, it's hard hard to pick. Do you think it's going to be the same top five or six that last year was present? So you had like Rami, Brandon Curry, Hadi, Chupin. I I could I could pick three in and three new at this point. It always it's almost like a, a car a, a race when you see the horses are coming. He's coming around and going in. It's sort of like that getting ready for the show. So I who think. would you say like Rami, Brandon, and uh, William? And uh, will, what about uh, Hottie Chupin? He'll be up there Hottie too, will be right? Up in there, yeah, and it's just. And what do you I, think, Hunter? And uh, you were working with Hunter a little bit. How's yeah, well, Hunter I, I looking went, this year? I just kind of like did some little posing a little bit with him when I went over there. I don't know. I just he's got this look. He's never placed bad. That's the thing with Hunter. He's never got placed. He's got crazy shape, Chris. <laughs> yeah, never got placed bad. I know that he figured out his Full-time back. bodybuilder, what's what up? up? G-Money. Dave Bourlay's yeah. in the house. Yeah. <laughs> He's got snacks. So so what do you, like, you think Hunter can hold fourth? Or he, can he get better? Or is he going to have gonna a It's going to be around time? there because you got some older guys. I know, but William's got, looking better this year, dude. So is yeah. William going to take someone's spot? Because so, he was sixth. Yeah. So do, he's. William's going to do better, for sure. He's pretty confident right for now. For sure. He's going to do better. Um, and Who I do you imagine in the first call-out? How would you say that? Oh, you know what I would do? I would I would take, no matter where I place people, I'd take all the rival people and all the people. Really, <laughs> I, just I know, but dude, you're talking, you're talking like 12 guys. <laughs> I like, know. I, I mean, just said for the first one, I would just come out and like, uh, I, I know, but this, this Michael Crizzo guys, the re, like he's big, dude. Jay saw like, him. Jay saw him pose lately. He's big. No, but I mean, it was a Before. while ago. But he's a big. He's not. He like he improved since he ve- came to Vegas. And he's a big. He takes time. like he's wide and he's. I, just, he's I like impressive. his front way more than his of back. Of course, yeah, but so 
it, with, with with that being said, you know, did he do the due diligence with the posing? Because I saw him coming unglued a little bit. Looked like yeah, I don't know if it's challenged. just the way they portrayed it or whatever, but just from what people tell me that that's made. I never. I want to see these guys close up because I never even met Andrew Jack yet. Yeah. I even offered my help to him because I think that he can use a little bit of my help, and I feel like uh, Davey have you seen Andrew yeah, Jack? What is that? Yeah. And he was he covered up though, right? Sean wrote him single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was covered yes. up. He was in a snowsuit. Yeah. <laughs> Jay used to always say that. Yeah. Sean's in a snowsuit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit. Do you th- do you if if there if you could name one guy that you think's gonna that could move up and just really shake it Chad up? William, yeah. William. Well William's what? been established. I'm I saying a newer L- guy. I think Lunsford can. Yeah. Are you impressed with him? Yeah, for sure. And he's a he's, he's another one. He's I mean, another Hani one. doesn't he, miss much. He's, right? he's to wrestle, and I think I think Lunsford never really had a good chance of peaking. How probably. do you think he looked in Pittsburgh against those guys? Crazy, right? Crazy. We were in Pittsburgh Crazy. together. Yeah, because we was, was we he the most right impressive there? there? Probably, yeah. right? Yeah, and to be that far out and to be dialing it in from there and like, I don't. He was I in think, good shape, and I thought it was a. I think it was gonna be, I think it, that day was decided. That he was going to be in the open that day. Yeah, I mean, Steve. <laughs> Steve told me he'd be a fool to drop back down right. to two twelve. You know, yeah, yeah. but he didn't have the invitation yet, but right? Dude, I think because of the way his body set up, that waist line with that the lats. his pecs was like this long down his body with great abs, and uh, he improved his itty bitty waist, flaring quads. Back. Yeah, it's like. Like a little Vince Vince Comfort. I mean, he could almost be second in this show. I think, like, we don't know. Could he win it? I don't think the first time out. I don't know about winning it, but do I think he can be surprisingly in the mix? Hell yeah, surprisingly in the mix. I think a couple, one or two guys that are really high up are going to get their feelings hurt this year. Yeah, and it happens. By one of the new guys, and it's good. I think it's good. good Are Are you doing anything for this Olympia like commentary? Are you? Yeah, man. What are you doing? Your boy is He's talking shit. Huh? Are you with Phil I'll Heath? Just, or? No, I'm going to yeah. be with uh, Fit Rockstar, but I'm in the backstage uh, doing the top three of the categories. Okay. So Friday, Friday and Saturday, I'll be backstage. And and then, you know, my first year in heavily in the media, I'm really excited about uh, the chance to be able to be involved, more involved like that, because that's what I wanted. You know, um, you don't do this just to be some regular whatever. You want to do it to the highest mm-hmm. level. I mean that's 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 been my goal is to, uh, you know, get as involved as I can and um, you know because I, I still love I'm a huge fan of the sport still and I love to see I want to see the guys get better and better and I I put my personal time into it. I, I don't want it I don't want it more so than somebody else wants it but I still want to help people and you promote you promote the Chris Cormier Classic right Yeah I've been doing that. The last few years, Wisconsin. I want to, yeah. Where I want to. I want to do. You want to do more shows? Yeah, I want to do one in Palm Springs where I'm from. Nice, yeah, I want to do one there. I want to do one in Brazil if I can. I still, I got a, a big fan base out there. I think it'll be really. Um, what about the Middle East? Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to do it out there, but I think what's doable is is Palm Springs and doable in in uh, Brazil. You work with a lot of women though, too, right? Not a whole, I mean, I kind of backed down just because I got more involved in the media side of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, do you, you know, like the training or do you want to kind of step away from the, the day in, day out of training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to lessen that to special projects more so. Not just I'm standing in the gym waiting. 
for the next client to come through and I'm trying to um, bargain or, you know, I'm trying to, I'm going up against every Joe Blow in the gym that's trying to put a, a special price. I'm not, I don't want to be like that. And I want to be more so on getting information out and, you know, still inspiring and motivating the next generation. But also, like I said before, if I can get my the app going to where I could put my thoughts out You need there. to do your own podcast. That's what I want. That's another one. Cormier's Corner. That's another one. That's why I'm looking at all your equipment in here and seeing what the fuck I got to do. Well, he, Chris hit me up about a bunch of times. He said, I'm coming to Vegas. I want to yeah. be on. You told me quite some time ago. Oh, I remember so. him telling me. I said, all right. Yeah. Because I, I, told, like, I told you, we don't. If it, it's got to be in person. Yeah. So. And we got to do another one. This can't be yeah. the only one. Yeah, then, no. Because <laughs> we got a lot of shit to talk about. No, <laughs> I want to get you and Milos on here so you guys can argue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Post when do you When do you leave after the Olympia? Uh, that Sunday night late. Oh, damn. Sunday if you're here late. longer, we'd have to do a post back. I'll come back out, dude. I'm not. We'll get him out. He's going to check. How do you like San Diego? I love San Diego. San Diego, I think, is the best place in the world to live. Right? I love I'd be San broke Diego. if I lived there. Oh, you're oh, right. It's Hang good on. out there, dude. It's good Chris food. is living a good life. He's going to the hotels. Dude, he's got all the money. Food, I'm broke. They got, they got the good beaches, and the people are super nice down there. Yeah. People are really friendly down there. You notice that? Yeah. Like they'll talk to you whether they know you or not. Well, the gym there, you train at's you know. got so much energy. I love that I mean, gym too. Yeah, it's just, that's yeah. one of the better gyms in our country. They got both that posters side by side. Do you see that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Jay. <laughs> Jay is funny. Yes. Hey man, but I always liked you, man. I respect you a lot, Jay. And uh, I, man, you like you got your shit going on, dude. And I really like, I'm really happy for you, man. Seriously. Well, man, I just I'm happy to see that uh, you're getting out there and doing a lot yeah. for our sport because I think that you yeah. know. Like I said, you were such a great inspiration to me, and then you, we became kind of, you know, like I said, rivals, and, you know, you hey, kind of mentored it was, me. It was fucked up when you beat me in 04, man. I got to I know, say, I know, I was yeah. fucked up. I was like, wait a minute. I felt bad about I did. That, I'm know. like, I did what I was supposed to do. I stayed, stayed home extra. I did all I crossed all my teeth, dotted all my, my eyes, and whatever I was supposed to do, and I was just like, okay. It's the cornrows that hurt. No, that Jay, was 02. That was yeah. 02. Yeah. And Jay went for a more a leaner look and i was like man i, I came in bigger than i've been he came in smaller, smaller than he's yeah. been and so i was like man well if i ain't got it this year then it ain't gonna happen you know so then but it, it was good though because the whole year i'm like i gotta get jay man chris well i, I mean uh, get dave why are you shaking your head yes over there <laughs> yeah, you're, you're supposed to be I was my in, biggest I was cheerleader in, i was in my, i was in uh i was in the gold in, and then the max muscle max muscle with dave and oh, then that was uh, that 05. Oh, with Dexter. Bro, so, I so Cormier used to li- sleep on Dave's. Co- Actually, you were yeah, the entertainment. You played PlayStation. What'd you play? What'd you have PlayStation? There? Yeah, he's a cheat in boxing and shit. Did you, did, who, <laughs> I don't know why he was cheating. Hey, did man. you beat him or did he beat you? I beat you a lot. What? Who beat the most? What? You, <laughs> Dave, he beat don't him. you come in here lying. <laughs> Dave a liar. But I didn't you know what I think we need to do next time. We're bringing it in. We're setting how, it up, and y'all are playing again. How much time did you spend at Max Muscle Venice? You think all day? Really? Yeah. And you'd eat fresh to go I, next yeah, door. I had to help him sell shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. You know, you told me something, Dave. He worked at GNC. You probably didn't know this. He could have been your GNC, top salesman. Yeah, yeah. Before I turned pro, yeah. But even before I turned pro, man, you know, after the Mike Tyson thing, after the... Why don't you tell what happened with Mike Tyson? Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell Mike Tyson story. Have you heard this story before? Okay. This is 92, and um, I'm training for the USA um, for 93, and then um, he came in uh, with... Roxbury. Yeah, like 15 people with him, 20 people with him. 
and at the time, you know, you know, he was he had to have been juiced out of his mind. <laughs> had to. <laughs> I mean, his neck was like this big, and his head was just as big, bigger than ours. Just as big, yeah. Just a, <laughs> just a conference of everything was just like, just like a bulldog. And I was like, damn. So the guy introduced me to him, uh, the owner of the, the club. Uh, you know, Madam and stuff. He had a line going out the VIP room with all girls. And, you know, back then we just had the little black books, you know, to put numbers in yeah. and stuff. But he had like a yellow tablet. You know that yellow tablet thing? Yeah. They were writing on a yellow tablet. Two, two and three rows of girls' numbers. And uh, that's why I know for a fact, he, I don't know, I shouldn't say it now, but I don't think he got in trouble that way. I don't think he had to do something to yeah, the girl that they didn't want to do. You know, and then um, he, uh, but all this, all the people that were with him, some were unruly, some probably, he probably had some goons with him, or somebody ready, they were ready to get down if they needed to. Um, but when, we, when everything was over outside, they had some limos, a limo, Rolls Royce, and some Harleys. All in line. So I'm standing by the limo, and uh, some girl was like saying, oh, I can't believe you work for this guy, and this and this and that. I said, I don't work for Mike Tyson. I'm just I'm security here at the club. Next thing you know, bam! And I turn around like, motherfucker! Like that, and it was Mike Tyson standing there. <laughs> they were like, I'm like, oh. He hit you in the head. Yeah. In the back of the head. Like a slap or? It was like a slap, but it felt like a brick. So yeah. just understand that part. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty hard. And um, it just stunned me for a minute, but then I'm just, I'm just raging at that time. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm just ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. And it don't matter, no matter who it is or what's going to happen. You're just ready to go right now. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I said, I said, motherfucker. And it's like, He's all, he told me to do it. <laughs> the guy next to him. Like, I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> he was like, he goes, well, what you want to do? <laughs> and he started, he started doing this whole thing like this at me. And he's coming, creeping up on me like this. Who and was I'm, Mike or the yeah, friend? Yeah, Mike. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he did that left and right shit on yeah, me. Yeah, said, yeah. That shit, I'm like, and I mean, his head is moving so much. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to hit that. For sure, but it's like with my wrestling background, that's, that's not, I'm just, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna shoot in. I'm gonna figure, I'm just picturing what I'm gonna do, yeah. but I'm taking some steps back because he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And then all these people rushed in between us, and then uh, Flex and Rico, and I, I'm looking like, okay, where's everybody? What's gonna, you know, I'm just trying to piece out what's gonna go down. And then, uh, you know, by the time they got here, Flex and Rico, um, everybody, you know, kind of just split us up, and they said, saying, "Oh, you want, you want to press charges? You want to, you want to sue him, like that?" And I was just like, "No, I don't want to sue him. I just want, I just want to, get, I just wanted to get a lick back. I just wanted to hit him back just yeah, one yeah, time. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I need. I don't care if it's a fucking a jab or something. I just wanted something out of it. And then I was just pissed the whole week because I wasn't used to somebody just doing that yeah, and yeah. me not being able to do nothing. And then um, the weird part is. We went to go look for him the next weekend. That's where shit got weird. Cause then I don't know if I'm just full of tests or I'm something, but I was just I wanted to confront the situation still. And so we went to uh, Larry Parker's in Beverly Hills. And uh we was but we was typically we went we went out but we didn't work that day. We went to try to go find Mike. Yeah. And have a conversation. 
And so I know it's a short list of people who's actually done that, but we did that. And Rico was with me and this other guy, Mike, Zandy, I think, and another guy. So we like we went in there and then he comes in with all his crew. So we're like, okay, we're gonna antagonize him, right? <laughs> we gotta have some kind of conversation. So they were showing him fighting. And when he had got knocked down, when he was trying to pick the mouth mouthpiece back in his mouth, we just laughing our ass off out loud. And there's nobody in the in the restaurant laughing but us. And we're just laughing and, and we just look back at him and we just laughing. And then he goes, Shit happens <laughs> like that. That's exactly what he said. He said, Shit happens, like he just shrugged his shoulders and then uh, but when he went to go to the bathroom, he walked by our table. And Rico's like, hey, man, why you hit my, why you slap my homeboy like that last week? And he was just like, oh, he's a big guy. He can take it like that. That was my apology, I guess, because that, that's yeah, as yeah. far as it got. Because <laughs> after that, I, was like, I said, okay, I guess that's as much sorry as I'm going to get at this point. But then it just kind of like, just kind of like, kind of relieved. The, but I had a lot of pressure, like I had to do something. Like it's got to. So he acknowledged you and that was yeah, enough yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just kind of let it go after that. But then I met him maybe like five times, you know, shaking his hand five different times after yeah. that. He never acted like he ever met me before. Yeah. And I'm just always like, you know me, man. You know, if you see my face one time, you're going to know me again, you know. So, yeah, that was just, that was a story in its entirety. And you became the real deal instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I turned pro the next year, but he went through all his stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still was a fan of his and him and him and, Holyfield and more so Holyfield, but I still admire what he did, and uh, you know, still he's still motivational, still to this day, you know. Oh, good. You got to be on his podcast. I like to go on his podcast, yeah, yeah. smoke a joint, and talk about that shit. Tell the story. <laughs> yeah, he probably don't remember. I was chasing. I was looking for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went out looking for you. <laughs> but he, uh, but but seriously, I heard him talk a lot of times, and he, I think that he was about that. He wanted to show people that he was. He was, uh, I don't know, he probably saw how I looked and he was probably like, I'm going to show this guy with a few alcohol, you know, a little bit of alcohol-driven actions behind yeah. it, but I'm sure he just wanted to see what I was about. And you're a nice guy, so it's, <laughs> what else What else do we want to talk about? I mean, I mean, I think we've, we've touched on everything. We just want to, you know, get you on here and get the first one out the way, and then when you come back out, we Doesn't, doesn't want to make his predictions for the top six. <laughs> no, because none of us do. I, you know, I, you know my next podcast is going to be my predictions for the top six, which oh, I've been okay. dreading doing because... People be getting out of Well, you know, it's just, it's tough, man, because it's like, I think the same thing. I think there's going to be some sliders in there, you know? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think the real fifth through 20 is going to be... The real competition, oh, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just imagine, wondering how I'm many people are going to be in the first call-out. Seven. Yeah, I was going to say mean, six to eight. You, that means the big name's going to get show, left though, off. Are you going to watch on backstage, or are you going to watch it from the I wanna, me, The I wanna go TVs front. look different. I want to go in front and see Everyone that. looks crazy on the TVs, you know? Yeah, I, I gotta, I'm going to be able to slide back and forth, so I got my medium badge. Have you seen the so. theater yet? Is it, have you bored no, it yet? No, amazing. First time, yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm liking everything so far, though. I'm yep. liking everything so, so far. So you're staying in a nice suite at the hotel? Yeah. And yeah. 
It's working real with, deal. Working with the right people, man. I got different. Are you eating good while you're in Vegas? Or yeah. Is Sean Ray going to buy you a dinner is the question. We, that's that's the question of a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you, know I mean? you know how long he had me in that fucking popcorn machine? <laughs> Bro, when we were teenagers, he used to slide that shit on me. Oh, man, I forgot my wallet, man. Damn. We bet the Sizzler. Sizzler was great. Oh, yeah. I loved Sizzler. When I moved to California, I couldn't. I mean, Dennis Newman used to tell me, you got to try out Sizzler. Sizzler. And I went there thinking it was like a high-end place. It was very cheap, but it was really good. Like for bodybuilding, it was good good because you could get the salad bar and all that. You like Sizzler, Dave, right? (laughs) Dennis was going to be good, though, right? Damn. He used to scare me, that dude. I used to be like, man, I'm going to have to mess his head up or some shit. Just to like, yeah, he could have been one of the greatest. I just knew he wasn't mentally strong. That's one thing I found out, that he wasn't mentally strong. But he had the physique. But his mindset was not going to be one that was going to be for the long haul. It was more like a what he kind of you know did. I even waited for his ass at the at the USA weigh-ins just to say something to him. <laughs> well, he was late, I think, showing up. He was late. Yeah. I but I was waiting. I waited like two hours <laughs> waiting for him. <laughs> He ended up seventh that year you won, though. Yeah. I remember he was the talk of the But after we became friends, like after you were competing. Yeah, you guys were close at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I I said, did did that fuck with you when I was doing that? He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. He said, I was fucked up. Why you do that? Yeah, yeah. I said, I I had to. You were too much of a threat. I had to try to do something. That's funny. (laughs) Well, listen, we appreciate you coming on. I hope you, you know, we'll run into each other this weekend. And like I said, we'll get up on it. And uh, we wish you the best success. Thank you. People want to find you. Uh, uh, yes, hit me up on uh, um, underscore Chris Cormier on uh, on IG. We'll link it on the bottom. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, Compeak um, sponsored Java Labs. Um, uh, With Hyder. Yeah, Hyder's yeah, great, yeah, dude. Hyder, great. Yeah, Hyder, the great. Uh, what about All this right. shirt? Are you got? Are you still selling these? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The, Where the, can the, we get this, those? You can just hit me up on the DM right now with my. Uh, I know you still Instagram. got some in stock. You sent me a, a pink one, which I appreciate. I should have worn it today. <laughs> Come on, what a dick you Jay. Why didn't you wear a shirt? Damn, I, dude, I, I got one of your pig shirts. Yeah. A pig hat. But you know, <laughs> Chris, that? Chris was the original guy in the gym. He has a Louis Vuitton bag here. You I'm know, still with all a Louis his. Vuitton, dog. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah, was the original. Get one of these, dog. You ain't got one of these, man. You ain't cool like that. So, yeah, we appreciate you so much, man, and uh, we look forward Thank to you, having brother. you back on. Yeah, let's do it again sometime, man. Of course. Appreciate you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, for making it happen.